We apologize for this disruption in our regular programming. Thanks for your patience. We'll return to our scheduled show as soon as we can. Show Feeding back because we're not in our own studio today. There was a meltdown in our studio. Let's just say, without blaming it on anybody, it was Mars. And move on from there. So we are in a... We're in the Shade 45 studio. Is that there? Yeah, we're, we're in Shade Town. We're in Shade Town. Uh, do us a favor as we try to work this out. Uh, give us a call at 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Let us know if you can hear us properly because we have no real idea. We've got engineers running around doing their best. But apparently... The board melted down when last night. Last night and into this morning, they were attempting to, in the Opie and Anthony studio. They were attempting to fix it all night long. Well, that's great. Um, the fact of the matter is this: we keep moving on, we keep it going. Who pulled out the shade for us today? That was Gil. All right, Gil, Ronnie B's gold star of the day, because Gil has had a tough week, one big problem after another. He doesn't let it get him down. He comes running in and grabs the Shade Studio for us. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I'm going to see if I can take some of your phone calls because I can only tell you as of right now, I can't read them. Um, but I do see that the lights are on. Hi, this is the Ron and Fez Show. How are you? Hey, this is David from Pennsylvania. How are you doing today, buddy? Dave, here's the big question for you. Can you hear us properly? You know what? I could hear you on the radio, okay? But now that you and I are on the phone, you sound all fuzzy. And Fez, you were just off mic there. All right. See, Fez, why don't you speak for a second instead of tapping it? Just start talking into it. Hello. I can't, this... under- I can't understand anything you're saying, Ron. It's all fuzzy. But you sound good on the air. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go over here. Hey, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Uh, hey, boys. Uh, yeah, the uh, Hannibal Burst bid ran about six minutes long, about 15 seconds of dead air. And then Ronnie B. Uh, comes on loud and strong. You guys sound good right now. Okay, thank you. Uh, Ron and Fez Show, how you doing, buddy? Ronnie B. Yeah, where are you calling from? Iowa. Okay, so we are we heard in Iowa right now. Pardon? See, I think they're having trouble hearing me, Chris. Yeah, the phones are a little off, but it sounds good on the air. Okay, thank you very much. Sounds a little gangster, though. Yeah, we are. We're feeling a little gangster today. Uh, I have this, you know, just being in the Shade Studios, I have this incredible urge to rhyme, and I haven't even figured out why yet, but I'm just trying to think out what could rhyme with Ron and just throw it out there all the time. Um, Let's try this line. Hi, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Yeah, this is Terrell. I need to hear some outcasts right Okay, away. see, that's One the thing. Days. See, there, you know, we're already going to that place. When the Shade guys couldn't have been any cooler by, uh, you know, allowing us to come in here, uh, make it through the, I'll just say, ganja smell and leave it like that. I'm saying ganja because I don't want them to get in trouble with anyone. So only the real, you know, marijuana people will know what I'm talking about right now. All right, little Shelby finally makes his stand. And we've got Bobcat Goldthwaite coming up in just a couple of moments. He's got a new movie out, Willow Creek. Uh, Bobcat, and i got to go through this because I don't even normally have my regular stuff to set up. But he has been on a roll. Uh, God Bless America was his last film. Uh, World's Greatest Dad, Sleeping Dogs Lie. Um, 
Shakes the Clown. These are all terrific. Ter- Why are we getting that feedback in in the studio? Shelby, take those, get those headphones off your head. You can't wear headphones around your neck like a darling necklace. What's that mean, Fez? Well, he wears them because his tiny neck is cold instead of putting them over his ears. No, the necklace that you said. Oh, a darling necklace. What is that? Oh, like a cute necklace, like something. You oh, know, you're saying like darling. Yeah. Okay, so there's not such a thing as a darling necklace. Oh no. I thought no. it was missing out on something that was happening in a big, big way. Um, but Bobcat will be here, so I'm going to let you know. the The guys are having trouble hearing me when they call, and also I am not getting up anybody's name or location on the phone screen uh, at all. Yes, to see how you're looking at it and it's empty. That's what I've already explained to you. So, fun day here, but the important thing is this. We are on the air because there was a real possibility, because this place is tight for studio space, uh, that we wouldn't find a you know a place to do the uh, show out of. And then you're telling me Gil comes through like a like a hero today and pulls this out last second. Yeah, Gail, the PD of all the comedy channels, had it really done within 10 minutes, had a spot for us to go. Well, how would it be done in 10 minutes if we found out that this thing melted down last night? Um, we oh, they did, thought they were going to fix it? Yeah, we didn't get the word until much closer to noontime that we didn't have a studio at all. You didn't even know about it. I had no idea. I thought they were just making some uh, adjustments in there. Smart. Turning some knobs. Smart. So here's what they did. They're like, we will get this fixed. Don't let anybody know. We'll make sure this thing will be up by noon. And of course it wasn't. By the way, these guys over at Shave 45 like to sit high. I yeah. feel like I'm in a lifeguard. Uh, I'm on Earth, too. The chairs are really high. The wires for the headphones and everything are so tangled up. My OCD is really getting to me. The fact that they don't have things just nice and neat put in, put in its place. Try not to make our show look so gay by saying <laughs> stuff like that. They're not nice and neat and put in their place. Oh, Shelby's pointing... That was the signal from him. What would that mean? He went outside and pointed to the left. Uh, it's the, To the left, there's a phone screener here, so maybe they means you have to write the stuff up on this phone screener to get to your phone screener. Why would, why would you get that from... Come here, Shelby. What were you tr- attempting to say? Use that mic there so we can find out that the Bobcat mic is going to work okay. Well, the door was locked for one, but I was just seeing if they were coming up on here. I think I know what to do now. Okay. Oh yeah. They have such a problem with people not respecting the fact that you're on air that the door is locked from the outside because they there's actually a sign up do not come in when the on air light is on which I've never seen once in all my years of radio because no one would walk into a room that the on air light is on. And on this side there's a giant please make sure door is closed. Which, again, I've never seen in a studio. Hi, you're on the Ronna Fez Show. Hi, Ronna Fez Show. Hey, DJ Hookhead, can I have permission to use the N-word? Okay, so here's the thing. I don't want to offend those guys. They're very, very kind to let us use this studio. Hi, you're on the Ronna Fez Show. Yeah, uh, you're on in Houston. This is Brian in Houston. Just wanted to say there's a little extra bass in your voice, though. Um, Sounds a little ghetto. 
Okay, Houston, you have a problem. Matt, you're on the run of face show. I've just gotten that name finally working. So yeah. we're making things happen here. Wow, it sounds like you're yelling through a paper cup. Now, here's the thing. I guess they only have uh, they have less phone lines than us, right? Yeah, they have less phone lines, and I think they go to them less. Okay, and will this affect the debut of Sam? Um, I do not believe so. Sam is going to get on the air hook or crook. We know that. The kid wants it. Uh, Joe in Chi-Town. Joel. Yes. Yeah. Oh, hey, Ronnie. Sorry to these, but I hardly hear you. Hey, I just wanted to say, I think Marsh might be doing this on purpose. I don't know if you listened to O&A at all this week, but, like, three days he screwed up the headphones, the mic, and he even had Wiki on the in the studio yelling at him on air. So, I don't know, maybe... Who was yelling at him on air? Who was yelling at him? See, here's the sad part. Mars had a couple of screw-ups this week and thought he'd do an all-nighter and try to fix it. And he thought the only way that he could fix this is by taking a giant shit on the board. Should have worked. Normally does. But in this case, it did not. So what did we do? Now that you're able to come in and out like that, did you... Take the lock off the door? Yeah, I don't know why they locked me out of there, but... They didn't lock you out of there. Stop taking it personal. They keep their studio door locked at all times. You know why? Two reasons. Two reasons. 5 motherfuckers. Um, here's Bobby. Bobby, you're on the run of Fez show. Did I win the Jay-Z tickets? Please stop with this. Bill, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Uh, yeah, big ass card horror, twenty nine eight seven five, my buddy. Cool. Hey, uh, I'd like to request uh, Public Enemy uh, fight the power. Okay, I've never felt whiter than I feel right now, and I'm actually feel like the white guy saying, "Stop making urban jokes," and I'm using the word urban because I'm progressive. Um, eight six six Ron zero Fez. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Sean, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Yeah, motherfucker, what you gonna do when the Ron and Fez show come after you? Ron and Fez show! See, I'm not comfortable with this. And I'm going to ask again. Alright? I'm gonna ask again that we stop doing these type of jokes because you make me look a little whiter than I'm comfortable being. That's the thing. So no more Shade 45 jokes. If anything... Thank you guys for letting us use the studio. All right, I just got this update. Fez was shot, and oh, I don't God. know. It was um, apparently a drive-by. Um, he was. Oh, this is even worse. He was holding a baby. Oh, he was holding a baby. All right, now I got. I've got another update. It was the baby that shot Fez. All right, so these are the kind of problems we're going to run into. All right. Um. Here's uh. Here's Gino. You're on the Run and Fez show. Gino. Oh yeah, how you doing, Ron? Yeah. Hey, you sounded good, man. Uh, I just wanted to say, I wanted to ask you what you thought about Game One last night. 
Well, I had all kinds of opinions about game one. I was going to call LeBron lazy, and now I don't feel like I can say any of those things. So I'm just going to say both teams put as much as they can went into it. It's going to be a great series. But if you could have heard me last night, who? Oh. I remember just good calls from this point on. All right? That's all I'm asking for. It's a, you know, a nerve-wracking situation. But everything's back to normal. Let's go over here to line six. It's Sweet Dick Willie. Damn it. (laughs) Hey, Roddy, Sweet Dick Willie here from the Bronx. I want no black girls going to play some funk for us on Friday. Please don't even do that to me. Please don't do that. We're doing our best. We're doing our best. Bobcat Goldthwait coming up in just a couple of minutes. What a terrific uh, uh, film director he turned out to be. Well, not turned out to be. He's worked towards being. It's not like one day something just happened to him. Uh, hey, Howard, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I want to know. Was Fez holding the baby doggy style when he got shot? All right, please. Please, you sound way too Southern to be calling this show today. We're trying to get along with everybody. It's going great. Unity. Uh, Yeah, unity. Unity now, unity forever. Um, Chris, I'll say this. I came in here and you you had a sweat going. Yeah. uh... And I'm only going to tell you this from, um, that's something that like a host never wants to see. In his producer, the running and sweating. You have to look like new situation. You've got it. Look how Gil played it today. Cool. Literally cool. Other side of the pillow, cool. All right. We're not nutty people here. Um, Sean, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ronnie B. I just wanted to remind you don't take so many phone calls. You're going to use up all your prepaid minutes. Sean, for the love of fuck, you're going to get me shot, okay? Scott, you're on the Run and Fez show. Ron, hey, I uh, just wondered how much saran wrap is wrapped around the headrest of the chairs in there. I'm not going to listen to these things. I'm not going to listen. The, the fact of the matter is this. We're very happy to be here today. Shade 45 opened their doors to us. Who kid is like a gentleman? Sway's a prince. A prince among men. The best. The best. And uh, I think a little later on today, we got Tommy Jonigan. Is he still coming in? Yes, he is. That makes me nervous because he's the uncomfortable middle uh, of the country type of guy. And he had a problem last time he was in with us. Yeah, with Dag, David Allen Greer. I didn't know we were calling him Dag. I call him Dag. I like it. Is that, does everyone do that, or do you just make it up? I just made it up right now. Start calling me Dag, too, then. <laughs> uh, hey, Dave, you're on the Run of Fez show. Dave. Hey, Ron. Yeah. Hey, is this uh, Shade 45 or SPF 45? Okay. Why? Why? You know where it is. You guys are not, you're not being classy today. Today's a classy day today. I'm just enjoying this water left in a cup. Mm-mm. Oh, that was cold 45. <laughs> that was a mistake. Spit it out. It was in a plain cup. Oh, you're not shot. Good. <laughs> that's so that's good news. 
That's good news. I had reported earlier that you were shot in a drive-by, but you were here and you said playing cup. Uh, Luke, Luke, now he's not talking to me. Now he's not talking. Luke, you're on the run of, Luke, you're on the run of Fest show. Ron, it's the bomb, he's the radio dawn, though the studio's gone, he just keeps moving on. Ain't no more Ron and brighter than neon, cooler than Freon, and Fez says... Let me just say this. You guys have me feeling like Chevy Chase in the first vacation movie, where he suddenly found himself in East St. Louis. Uncomfortable. Just uncomfortable. Jeff, you're on the Run of Fest show. Jeff in D.C. Yo, yo, tell Fezzy to stay away from the Kool-Aid. It's got too much sugar. Also, uh, a little later on in the show, another big guest, Chris. Or is that not locked in? That's locked in. <laughs> Look who it is. It's little Molly. Molly, here's the thing. I'm sending you home today. Why? I want to protect you. I've told you... What he wanted you to do I, is let her use I, I the mic. I want to explain something. I just I just spoke to Michelle, and she has a gift for you guys, especially today since you're in the new studio. Oh, my God. They're little Ron and Fez mic necklaces. Okay, this makes up for everything. We've got mic necklaces. <laughs> and let me just point this out to the guys. These are not cock rings. Oh. Everyone always has the thing of... I'm going to push my penis through there. Won't that be funny? My pants are half. I will tell you this. It's snug. It's incredibly snug. Who needs a flashlight, right? She said that when she gave it to me. Yes, exactly. Who needs a flashlight? You've caught on to the joke. Uh, well, these are... Uh, she said the same thing to you? Yeah, she said these are snug. <laughs> no, wow. she didn't say that. She didn't say that. You're an intern. You know what? She crossed the line with you. No, 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 not at all. She introduced herself very nicely. She gave these what, to you me. Mean, you had never met her before? She, well, I had met her like for two seconds, but we hadn't introduced ourselves to each other. We yeah. sort of just gave each other the nod. All right. You know how you're my right arm, right? Yes. She's Tim right arm. Tim's right arm. Cool. So you are like two right arms together. <laughs> you the way, yeah, Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's, you've, you've got it completely. But the way Tim can't function without Michelle is now the way I can't function without you. That warms my heart. Now, while you're saying that, I want a little less flirty time with Shelby. <laughs> I went out yesterday and they were in the hall uh, sharing a computer. Oh, no. And it had me nervous. You're, you're a producer. She was now. showing me how to use the mouse. Oh, yeah. That's not a mouse, honey. That's... Mm. <laughs> Austin, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's going on, Ron? I want to know um, any way I can get into the prize closet, get a couple pairs of Nikes? <sighs> I hate our listeners. <laughs> I hate our listeners because they're not like me. Totally comfortable in this studio. Totally comfortable in this environment. Saying hi to way too many people. Overly introducing myself. <laughs> bringing up the ball game last night. Huh? <laughs> too much. Too quickly. Uh, I, I dropped a Jay-Z thing for everybody. A Jay-Z something, I said. It's a hard knock life. Then I yelled out, Crooklyn. Everyone's friends. I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, but uh, do we know if Bobcat is on schedule? 
He's running a little bit late. He's probably running about 10 to 15 minutes late. Thank, well, I would know that since we're already 10 minutes late now. But thank God uh, Fez is not shot. I mean, Thank God for that. With the blood thinners, he'd be done for. Mm. Uh, this is You never know because we're over here at Change 45. It looks like we got one of their uh, callers. Justin Bieber. Justin, you're on the air. <laughs> hey, uh, why are black people afraid of chainsaws? No, no, get them off. Cut. Dump out. Dump out. Dump out. Dump out. Dump out. Dump out of that. Dump out. And scene. And that was, uh, thank you. Wow. I wish Bobcat could have seen me do that. Maybe I'd be in this next film. Um... Here's Jason. Jason, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, should we call Shelby Fez and uh, Pepper to your pips today? Okay. Back me up as my pips. Way to show your age, by the way. That's the only black reference you have is 1974, which I'm pointing out is a full four decades ago. Could have called us the Wu-Tang Clan. Although, I will say this. I want to be Ghostface. Go ahead, Chris. What were you saying? (laughs) Say, so could call us the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, I got all that. I want to be Ghostface. Uh, let me just say something about Gladys Knight and her pips. <laughs> the Midnight Train to Georgia. That song should have been made into a mu- movie. You see, he's leaving L.A. He can't make it. She was doing all right for herself. She didn't have any fucking problems. But with this fucking loser, who's not even getting a plane, he's taking a four-day train train fucking ride back to Georgia. And not even Atlanta, just Georgia. So you know it's some bumfuck-ass squeak place. She's going with him. For Clemp. She'd rather live in his world than be without him in hers. World is alone, leaving there tonight. He's, she's got to go. She's got to go. I know you do. Um, here's uh, Sam. Sam, you're on the Ron Fest show. Warriors, come out to play. I'm trapped behind enemy lines. Warriors, Fez, wake up. Come out to The nice little Warriors bit, because we've got to get back to Coney Island. I believe Fez being pulled out of here means that Bobcat is ready to come in. Yes, she should be outside. She? Uh, Bobcat is a man. It's a dude. He. Yeah. So, the new movie, you're going to get up from there, Shelby, and move those things out of the way. Uh, Bobcat's new movie is called Willow Creek. And it opens in select theaters uh, on uh, Friday, June 6th, which is today. Today. Last night is the first time that I found out that it was June. I had no idea that we had already broke through to June. We're halfway through the year, man. Well, what is it? I guess June 31st is halfway through the year? Yeah, officially. Yes, officially is what we would be talking about According to math. Yeah, according to math. So we got Bobcat ready? Let's bring him in, the one and only Bobcat Goldthwait. Roger and Bob ruled out that day Till that log jam got in their way 
They got lucky on the breeze that day. Inside they got lucky when she walked away. Oh, somebody sent me a bunch of these. Just saying, like, yeah, okay. Just like that. You a cigar smoker? Yeah, yeah. I stopped. Roger. No, I just got back. In. Yeah, I should stop. All right, Bobcat Goldthwait in with us now. Uh, Willow Creek is the new movie open in select theaters June 6th. Uh, I will just say this. It's kind of uh, a horror film. Oh, yeah. It's a suspense horror film. I don't do well with these things as it is. <laughs> and hurt the neck. Snap the neck back watching this film. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, the tension goes on for so long. Yeah. And then when it takes that spot, my neck snapped. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, and thank you. <laughs> well, I would have only really watched this type of film for you. I, you know? I appreciate it. I, 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 I do like genre pictures. Yeah, but I will say, I, I, I'm not a fan of the found footage movie, which this is. Yeah, because I'm always like, who found this footage? <laughs> you know, who said? Well, I'm sorry, your family got raped and killed, but I think if we re-edit it, there's a tremendous picture here. Right, and they would. It's a tribute to them to treat it as some kind of, uh, you know, treasure that they found, as if there were found fil- uh, footage from the Tate LaBianca murders. <laughs> Would people show up? Like, what is that? Yeah, it's yeah. out there right now. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so um, I, I truly did go out to uh, where the the uh, Willow Creek, where the the Patterson Gimlin footage was made, and I had an idea for a different movie. I really thought I was going to film like a Christopher Guest type movie, right? Set in a Bigfoot mm-hmm. world, and then when I got there, a couple things happened. I, I thought. First of all, you're an outsider and a weirdo. Do you really want to make fun of people who are perceived that? Yeah, you know, I didn't. That didn't feel yeah. right. And it just the more when I went to the actual site and stuff, I was it, it. It did lend itself to this kind of movie. So I had a buddy of mine go, "Look, you know, you want to do a musical and a western? Why? Why don't you do this? This is just a, this is another kind of movie. So, so that's why I pulled the trigger on making. So you it. you want to make sure you play around in as many genres as you can. It interests me. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. You know, I kind of don't want to hopefully not repeat myself. But I will say, I just finished a screenplay that seems very similar to uh, World's Greatest Dad. And, Is that right? And, and God Bless America. Or World's Greatest Dad and Sleeping Dogs Lie. Yeah, I, I kind of... Yeah, so hopefully, I think I think we're going to make that movie. Yeah, I, I brought this up many times. I think you're such a terrific filmmaker. Oh, thanks, man. And, you know, it's really funny now to see how this has come, you know... There's so many of them. Now you're getting to yeah, that point. A, a you have a body of work. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's it's like someone goes, uh, ask me, well, who are you competing with? You know, and I think they wanted me to say, you know, I don't know who, P.T. Anderson or something. You know, and I was, I was like, uh, the Grim Reaper, man. That's, <laughs> yeah. what, that's what I'm competing with. I want to get as many of these done before I drop dead. Waking up every day. How much time, how much time is left? Yeah. How like, many summers? Yeah, yeah. So so that, that was... Now... I, I was just thinking about before I came in here, just just now, and I was thinking, you know, it's 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 unfortunate that our we are so snarky uh, that 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 I can't even give a compliment. But I, I wanted to say, 
Appearing on your show, I get so much great feedback. Oh, that's terrific. But the kind of feedback is not just like, hey, I heard you, but it's really nice. Like I run into people that I feel they, they know me in a good way. And I want to thank you for, for letting well, that happen. I Seriously, I'm an independent film fan. I was always a fan of your comedy for many, many years. But your independent film is so good that I think if the director's name was something other than Bobcat Goldthwait, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, We'd right, be right. talking about these films even more but i think there's going to become a breakthrough moment it, it may happen you know and 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 i'm not i'm i it would be nice just to be able to make some of the bigger movies right if i had that but but i i know i'm just going to continue to make movies you know but and it's i was thinking about that like what if i did have a movie that suddenly popped then i wouldn't appreciate all the things that like today was the first time i got a good review in the new york times the new york times gave you a rave but also i don't know if you've seen the rotten tomatoes i mean it's uh, you're getting a lot of raves out yeah there. people really uh, yeah and the and and i thought you know what i wouldn't appreciate the new york times if like the first one out of the gate i got right. a great new york you know so so uh you know i like this this is all this is all the kind of crap that i'm sure you <laughs> as guys are age yeah right. When I was twenty two, I, I I would tell me to cram it in so many ways. <laughs> right, but see that's the thing. This is this is literally about work now instead of hype or trend or, or, or fame or yeah. Just you, you it, just broke through. It really yeah. goes against a lot of people. Like yeah. like they don't can't wrap their brain around that I may make a movie that I'm tr that I'm not interested in you watching. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they, they can't, they go, this movie's dumb. It's like, might not have been made for you. Or this, yeah. or, or, you know what I mean? And this new one is, I shouldn't backpedal from it. I mean, it's been getting really, it's been very well received. But it's also, um, you know, I don't think it would be, I shouldn't say stuff like this, but I don't think it, it, it's certainly not, um, defines me it def it's more right. like it defines the nine-year-old me yeah but uh, you know i was up in that area yeah when i was a kid and <laughs> i remember you know go like i was in eureka and we were heading up we we're going to go up to this river to go swimming and ride the rapids and all that and everybody in eureka was saying look you know, don't go fucking off the trail here because yeah. there's people that do things up yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, it got a little weird. But then I remember thinking, hey, I, I could picture Bigfoot walking oh, out yeah. of this. When you, get, when you get up there and there's, you know, planes get lost. They say that in the movie, but planes get lost in that forest and yeah. they don't find them. They yeah. just don't find them. I mean, uh, but, um, yeah, so, so it is really in the middle of nowhere. Uh, we talk about it a little bit in the movie, but there's a lot of drug cartels in that area. You yeah. know, I love the woman, the woman that who, the, the, a good, majority of the actors aren't actors they're the town folks and i knew if i interviewed yeah. them enough they would give us what we wanted they would tell us don't go in the woods <laughs> it's scary <laughs> right or or uh, 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 but the one woman who runs the visitor center doesn't believe in bigfoot it's like <laughs> that's your that's your number one <laughs> right that's what you know that's all of, yeah that's what every the economy outside of growing weed is <laughs> yeah. based on bigfoot you can't find one old lady <laughs> that says yeah i saw him but isn't it strange how weird it is up there? And you know, you're still in America, but it doesn't oh, yeah. feel like it yeah. at all. I love how weird it is. I yeah. mean, I, I've gone back and gone out with those guys in the woods looking for Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. And it's the best. It's the best. You know, the worst, <laughs> the worst thing that can happen if you go looking for Bigfoot, you went camping. 
Right. You know, yeah. that's, that's the, so, but they're, they're really fascinating. Like after the, the scene in the tent, which is like 20 minutes long, and we shot that where the Patterson Gimlin footage was shot. So it's, uh, uh, it's a 17 mile dirt road, takes two and a half hours, uh, going back and forth. They got two flat tires. There is nothing, you know, there's no power lines. You're really in the middle. We see a mountain lion. We ended up seeing two. I mean, it's scary. And, um, and the, the actor Bryce, uh, the first time I did that scene, he, he started crying and I go, that was a really good take, but you know, I don't think your character would cry. And he goes, my character's not crying. I'm crying. Why are we filming this in the woods? This is a, we could do this in a hotel parking yeah. lot. Nobody knows we're out there. I'm like, that's really good. That just yeah. go again. You know, See, don't cry. I think that's what worked about that long tension that builds up is anyone who's ever been camping has had that feeling of whoosh, whoosh, yeah whoosh, yeah you know and it's fucking scary as shit yeah i don't care where you are you can't you can't be in a tent hear something and relax and go well at least i have one sixteenth of fabric between me and the bear <laughs> <laughs> it's true and it's weird living in new york city we you know people <laughs> we get anywhere outside yeah, the city yeah, you, well also living in new york city you, you hear gunshots and you go right hmm. And then, yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. Well, in New York City, if it's three o'clock in the morning, if you don't see people, you're yeah. like, what the fuck? You'd rather see yeah, yeah. a bunch of fucking young guys yeah, knocking yeah, over yeah, trash yeah. cans. Yeah, you know? yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, that's comfortable. Yeah, that's good. I uh, I was just in Brazil with this movie, and that was so the screenings were like, you know, it didn't play. They were like, going, they're like, why did the monkey kill the lady? <laughs> yeah, you know. And I don't. By the way, I have no idea what I saw at the end of that. Yeah. Well. It, it, yeah, it is. You went for straight weird. Yeah, I did. So, <laughs> I don't know. This is, it's a spoiler, but yeah. there may or may not be a a a. a, a, a I don't. Yeah, you I know would, what? I'm I not gonna. Yeah, it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I would leave it because I had the biggest what the fuck yeah. moment. But we, uh, yeah. So there's a good story. I'll tell you off the air about but filming that. You scene. know what? Really, kind of uh, what I forgot about is I was getting into the couple's story yeah. itself. For a long time before I remembered, oh shit, that's right. This is a well, found footage thing. Thanks, and that's the idea. You know, most of these movies, you don't empathize with the characters at all. And I think something happened. Like I think in the seventies, the the um, when when slasher pictures came about, we we were no longer were. F- we weren't frightened by the monsters as much as you know subconsciously we were we couldn't wait for these teenagers to get killed right the kids kind of cheer for the killer yeah in these and, and and i went back to the idea of not cheering for the killer i yeah. want I, I wanted um i wanted the idea that that you thought these were very real people and then well they were kind of complicated and they were in a complicated situation yeah. how are they going to work it out oh i don't know someone might run through their fucking tent <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> that's the weird thing about it it's almost like if you saw these people having this conversation of something that was important and then suddenly the car rolled you know what I mean yeah. like, that happens that's all the time that's actually a really good idea <laughs> <laughs> thanks that's the next one yeah well you do so much stuff to keep your filmmaking doing I know you got a documentary yeah I started that, working on the, this Barry Crimmins doc He's I, a, I talked mm. to him he contacted us oh and he was surprised that I knew him but he's a, he's oh. a 
legend. Yeah, exactly. He's a legend. Thank you for saying that. That's and and um, and the amount of people who've jumped on board already and 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 with great stories and his own story is very. Uh, it's a great story. So even if he, if he's a plumber, I'd still make this movie. Yeah. So so I think that's the thing I hope that uh, that makes it interesting to people. But but you know, there's like folks have come on board that that, that you know like um you know David Cross and Mark Maron and Stephen Wright and all yeah. these guys that he either influenced or affected their career. Well, the Boston comedy scene to me was always so weird because there was never a single voice to it. Right. Like a lot of places they'll they'll come out. And where they're like Kinnison, and then all, all his guys kind of sounded and they had like a similar, him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, of course, the New York guys were working one direction, but Boston, other than don't steal jokes or we'll beat you up, right? And then other than that, it was go and find your own thing, your own voice, actually. To yeah, and and Barry had a lot to do with that, with the, the, the putting this huge emphasis on on being original, right? And not being derivative of other people. Well, you will know this because in certain play grounds rules are set that go on for generations you know what i mean yeah, like uh, somebody will make up a game and right. say this is the way no, this is how we do yeah, it. this is how we do it here you know so i think that those original guys are way more legendary for what came behind them yeah you know and and um he's still and it's you know uh his stories a fascinating one. I don't want to get into too much now, but but at the same time, even though it might be considered some of the stuff makes is uncomfortable for folks. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, Barry lives out. I think I just put together. I was like, <laughs> what do these movies have in common? Because Barry lives out in the woods. Oh, does he? And he's a hairy guy. <laughs> and I worked with Robin Williams and Bigfoot, so it's just <laughs> mysterious hairy creatures. You know. <laughs> um, uh, and you're doing Robert Kelly's. Uh, yeah, I'm working with him. And and uh, he's a he's a he's a super funny guy. Another Boston guy. Yeah. So it's 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 you know working with comedians uh, that I admire and uh, or and and that I like is is great. And while I'm off making my own movies too. And then you and you still do the stand up. Yeah, I do. I do do the stand up. I I a little love hate there. But, you know. Uh, um, I I try to. Yeah, I mean, I like doing stand up when the when when the audience isn't there because they have this nostalgic idea of what they're going to see, and that's that's always a tough thing to pull off. Yeah. because people have their own. Yeah, and thing. I understand it, but yeah. but but like, um, I prefer actually going on in rooms where where the crowd's so young they weren't even born when I was relevant, right? You know, because then I have to win them over. But then you even try to break that. Even back in the eighties, you were. Oh, I'm sure I did, but like, like I event. Well, I was just trying to get. (laughs) We want to get into me smashing up talk shows and setting them on fire. I was just really just trying to get out of the business, you know. I and I was mad that um, uh, I I was just uh, I just ran on anger, you know. Um, and it's a drag. Like some of these things, you you know, your anger can is really good for fueling comedy and stuff, but it doesn't have to. You know, I confused that with that, thinking that without it, I couldn't be creative. Right. And when I got rid of all this anger, I ended up suddenly being actually way more, uh, you know, if not creative, certainly way more productive. And that is like the only thing, uh, I think to maturity is like you try to get rid of anger 
pissiness, just general assholeness. Like the thing that you were taught in kindergarten about being nice to others. Yeah, yeah, You know, when you were part of a group. That's what you eventually get around to realizing that I'm not all that important, you know? It isn't all about what I need that second. And and, and to shift from... uh, And this idea of being interested in... um, being having a fulfilling life versus a s- successful life mm-hmm. is is very foreign in the in 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 our culture. Yeah, it is. It is, and you you completely hit it too. That they're almost opposites. Yeah, they're almost polar opposites because when you're chasing that career stuff and you're jealous of your friends and all that shit, it's just like you're living the worst possible life no matter how much money is coming in at the time we need to make a movie with guys like that and uh it seems like you'd have to have head trauma you know one of those remember the, the, what was the harrison ford one? Oh where yeah he where he got yeah. shot in the head and turned into a nice little a better boy. guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah like, um but so you're doing all this stuff but you know what else interested uh about the bigfoot thing is like the myth is real like no matter whether they ever find exactly anything, but people love to hold on to that one and that specific and that myth. does interest me this idea of what do these what do these um characters represent subconsciously that they keep getting created over and over again in different cultures right so what are they i mean it's just as simple as like you tell your kids not to go in the woods because you don't want them to get lost you're getting yeah. by bears or you know what is it that that does fascinate me you know i was saying that i originally thought i was going to do a thing about a big <laughs> bigfoot <laughs> conference and i went to one and all the bigfoot guys and I can say guys, cause there's, there's, <laughs> there's not a lot of pussy in the Bigfoot community. In fact. It's hard to believe. Yeah. You think that uh, I was out there uh, in the, in the, in uh, Alexi and my friend Amy who was with us, the, the Bigfoot guys who were out in the woods. It's like 3 a.m. And they go, you know, we've never had women here before. And I'm like, <laughs> I go, you know, that's usually when the raping starts. So I'm going to switch topics right now, fellas. <laughs> and they didn't laugh. Like, no, they're just- yeah. But they, uh, uh, I bonded with these guys. I like one of the guys, he, he, he goes, uh, you know, I'm a writer too. And I was like, oh, really? What do you write? And he goes, you know, Twilight. And I'm like, yeah, well, we all know Twilight. He's like, well, I write, um, I write coming of age stories for tweens set in the Bigfoot community. <laughs> and I'm not lying. <laughs> You're going to think this. Yeah. <laughs> but I go, oh, what's the name of your book? He goes, well, my first novel is Yeti or Not. <laughs> and I'd like to say it is available. Um, but uh, uh, so I went to this. I went to this Bigfoot conference, and they don't. Most of the guys believe that Bigfoot has a flat head, not a pointy one. They, mm. you know, that's some Spielberg, Harry and the Henderson bullshit. You know, <laughs> so so this one guy had a cardboard cutout of a pointy-headed Bigfoot, and this other guy walks over and he points at it and he goes, "You disgust me." And he goes, "What?" He goes, "Look at that head." And he goes, "Really?" <laughs> well, I've seen Bigfoot three times, and you're never going to see him because you smoke. <laughs> so they agree that Bigfoot hates tobacco, but I'll tell you this: they he loves grass because really? a lot of these yeah. guys are baked out of their minds. But so if you're up there, just light up a Pall Mall, and you should be safe. You should be safe. Yeah, okay, uh, that's good news to know. That's good man. to know. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Willow Creek opens in select theaters Friday, June sixth, and like we were saying, uh, that the reviews have been coming in really great for this. Yeah, it's really high on Rotten Tomatoes. I like it's it's it, it's on. Uh, VOD starting today, so you can get it on iTunes or Amazon or any place you get, watch stuff. And it's also uh, at the IFC uh, tonight. It opens here oh, in New York cool. City, so I'll go down and say hi. Oh, that's terrific. Well, it's great to see you again. Oh, great to see you. So Barry- Always good. I love the 
come in and hang out when I'm not uh, being a pimp. Well, no, anytime. Well, Barry said that he wants to come in with you sometime. Oh, we should definitely. So when you guys, if you guys are shooting anything in New York, and we won't even bring up the documentary, let's just, just you know, talk about anything you guys want to. I, I sincerely uh, have to say uh, thank you for uh, giving me, uh, making uh, an audience aware of my real voice. And I, I've never said that to anyone else, and I really appreciate that. I run into so many people that say so many nice things about when I come on the show. Thank you so much, my friend. I'll see you next time. Cool, man. Figured out that that gives away every plot point in the movie. That's the ending song oh, no. to the movie that kind of that adds this uh, couple to the myth. So I didn't have it on my thing that this was coming out video on demand and iTunes because you know if you live anywhere else in the country, uh, it's tough to always see independent films. But if you are somebody who likes films that are outside the norm. Uh, God Bless America, and uh, World's Greatest Dad, Sleeping Dogs Lie, and Shakes the, uh, the Clown, Bobcat really makes some of the most unique movies that we have today. He's really, really a great uh, filmmaker. I gotta bring, yeah, I'm gonna use this chair because these guys sit way too high for me. I just felt like I was just staring down from... <laughs> Like some sort of god looking down at So that's why we didn't go to Best Of, because I wanted to make sure I got the chance to uh, talk to Bobcat and plug this. And I always love it when he comes in. He's very, very kind. And uh, let me just point out to our audience, too, this is why people like to come on the show, because they hear from you guys. And I know Bobcat probably has a Twitter that we could plug. And we're getting on top of that. We're just moving around, doing stuff. I know he's new back into... Uh, Twitter, but I'll hand that out for you. All right, Tommy Jonigan is going to be on the show today, and who else? Miss Sandra Bernhard. Well, also one of my favorite people in the world. Incredibly uh, funny, sexy, cool, everything that you could say. So yeah, um, thanks to the shady forty-five people, shade forty-five people who keep that going. Now, Chris, do you see my? Uh, Liner. Yeah, because I saw a check there, and I've never seen that before. It just had a flashing check, but now it went away. Um, hey, Rocky, what's up, buddy? What's up, guys? Um, I was wondering if you ever saw Bobcat's movie, Windy City Heat, and what you thought of it. I think it's fucking one of the funniest movies ever. That's a TV movie, right? 
Yeah, it aired on Comedy Central originally. I didn't get the chance to see it. By the way, just to let people know, because a lot of people know Bobcat from the Police uh, Academy movies. And what was it? Savage Steve something? Remember those oh, yeah. crazy kind of movies? Um that he did that summer film with them and all. And those things were like really fun. But to know that he went on and he did like a bunch of Jimmy Kimmel shows where he was a director, directed a bunch of Chappelle, directed a bunch of The Man Show. Uh, so he's always been... Um, Oh, he also directed a bunch of those Dimitri Martin things. And he's doing, when Robert Kelly told me that he was uh, doing his um, his next special, I was so happy for Bobby because it's like a really, really cool thing. Uh, oh, I think he's shooting Marin, too. I think he's shooting some of the Marin series. He is. Um, so he he directs things a lot of times on TV. You're not even all that aware of it. So we get the uh, Twitter for Bobcat yet? Bobcat is at BC Goldthwait at BC Goldthwait. And see, I don't know. I know that we're all disconnected today, but see if we can get that you know linked up on, or maybe we already have linked up on our Twitter. Uh, uh, we're kind of cut off here. All right. I will take a break here. We'll come back and reset. Thank you to the Shade 45 guys for at the last moment letting us use their studio. And, uh, we'll be right back. A lot more. Tommy Jonigan's going to be in. Ron and Fez show. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Serious Comedy hits. Channel 99. Standing on the corner Suitcase in my hand Jackson's corset, Jane is in her vest And me, I'm in a rock and roll band huh. Riding the studs back at Jim You know, those were different times all, all the poets, they studied rules of verse And those ladies, they rolled their eyes It's the Ron and Fez show. Uh, we're over at Shade 45, and I just saw Fez take a nitro pill because he can't get the laptop working. Fez, how many times do we tell you, do not let radio bother you? All the time. So why do I look over and see you take a nitro pill? It's just some chest discomfort. I'm just being safe. And That's just, given me, sorry. that isn't being safe. That's given me chest discomfort. This is the craziest thing. So what? There's a little bit of hecticness. It's still only radio. In the history of radio, no one has died. Do not be the first person who does that. 
Tommy Jonigan on his way in here. Oh, by the way, uh, we'll do a first responders on Bobcat uh, because he's so nice talking about you, the listeners, and how you guys come up and and talk to him and saying that stuff of like thanks for letting me talk in my real voice that really touched me it had so much to do with you guys so go over to the Ron and Fez SXM uh, feed and uh you know send something to Bobcat you know some accolades some nice things and uh we will give out signed uh movie maybe the one that he did with uh Robin Williams, World's Greatest Dad, which is an amazing movie. Um, Perfect for Father's Day in two weeks. So that's at BC Goldthwaite, at BC Goldthwaite on Twitter. Or you can just go over the Ron and Fez uh, Twitter. And Fez, do not make me nervous today with the hard stuff. Fez, Chris, yeah. if he has a heart attack today, I'm blaming you. <laughs> I'm not his doctor. I've got, I'm looking at these uh, wraparound mic things. They would fit perfectly on this mic. I guarantee they're not going to fit the mics in the other room. They're totally different mics. They're like literally completely different from what we have in here. Fez, can you get into that thing to see if that could yeah, even I'll work? Yeah, I'll go try one out. Yeah, go try one out. And take your time doing it. Just relax and be restful. Chris, don't let him get all upset. He gets wound up. All right, Tommy Jonigan is going to be here and just... Uh, a minute or so. Um, oh, he's here now? Yeah, he's outside. I don't have a plug for him. Here I don't know go. what he's doing. Thanks. He's at Gotham tonight and tomorrow. Gotham Comedy Club here in New York City. Well, that's great. Tickets and more go to Gotham Comedy Club. Um, his Tommy's uh, Comedy Central half hour debuts next Friday, June 13th at uh, 12 a.m. And the new album is out. June 17th. It's called Stand Up Comedy 3. That's inventive. That's uh... It's the third one. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't know if you thought that it was the first one and you thought it was silly. This is really creative. <laughs> you know? Com stand Up Comedy You know what? There's 3. a lot of people that have done stand up yeah. and put out albums. No one's called it Stand Up Comedy 3, so there's some version of creativity there. There really is, uh, because... But it's you, the Steve Martin version of creativity. Yeah, no one would just call it my third comedy album. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah, that would have been pretty. That good, would have right? been a great one. My right, next one could be, you know, my third. I'm going to give that to somebody. Yeah, no. Here's the thing. Call my next. Call your next one my third comedy album. Yeah, because this was not great. <laughs> oh, you were not. You're not. No, this one's. Just, I like this one. Yeah. I. I uh, this is the one you said you didn't even listen to. You didn't edit it. Yeah, you yeah. Just put it out. Just put it out. So I hope I felt good in the moment. Yeah. So I did it at uh, Denver at Comedy Works, which is a great club. Were you now when you said you left the set? Yeah, was like that's it. I don't want to hear it. But were you drunk? I mean, you have to be very careful. No, no, no. no. I try yeah. not to drink too much before. I've been drinking a little bit before shows lately, mm -hmm. but uh, I try not to drink before shows. What's the drink of choice for you? Uh, whiskey, whiskey. Mm -hmm. Sometimes so, beer, but beer messes up my stomach. I don't know if anybody else has that problem. You seem like a straight whiskey drinker. I am that. Yeah. yeah. You seem like... And you, this is why I always get a big kick out of you as a comedian. Because most comedians are outliers. They're on the outside of society. Yeah. And you seem like a guy trying to put in his 20 years of military service. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's, it's a different angle. It's a different angle that you have. I love stand-up, and yeah. uh, I try really hard. If you think I suck, just know it would be way worse if I wasn't trying so hard. That's true. And uh, But I do have a thing of like... Uh, you know, I love being on the road. I love doing clubs, but I want to get the show and I want to get a, a production company and I want to be able to hang out at my house a lot. That, so I, it's 20 years seems like a fair amount of time. Yeah, it is. It is true. So that's the that's the end goal. Your own production company. That's like an, uh, that, that's been an evolution. The, yeah. the, the original goal was to have my own show that was on for a long time. Like in just as long as I want. Everybody loves Tommy. That's yeah. that's the show that you want. Can you write that down? Chris? Yeah. That seems like a good title. Or call it my first sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> my first situational comedy. You people. My first they situational comedy. <laughs> comedy. I like that. See, we have a spin on it. Yeah. Um, you know. Sit Tom. Sit Tom. I've got them all. Now, have you pitched? Have you pitched? We've pitched. I've sold a couple that didn't uh, get off the ground, and then. Uh, Back at it now. It's uh, it's it's that season where they mm-hmm. make you come in and do it. It can be brutal. It can be real brutal because it's uh, it's like you're. It's you know a lot of times with a stand up you go and you're trying to be. I think with like writers too, but you're trying to be funny in the pitch and have the show in the pitch, right? Which means you have to tighten the jokes. Which means you have to bomb in front of network executives and then go like, oh yeah, I feel like I should have made a tweak here. So I just have to basically go eat it. So occasionally you'll sell these things and. Have they Feels like to, a good set. Ha, yeah. Have they gone to pilot? Uh, I've not got anything shot. I've sold two scripts mm-hmm. and uh, and then did a pilot presentation for a show that I hosted. But two scripts that they bought the pitch and then we wrote it and then uh, and then uh, one day you get a call from someone mm-hmm. kind of late in the day on a Friday. That's <laughs> generally how it works. <laughs> I'm like, wow, all of my dreams are coming true. At 6 p.m. on a Friday, what are the odds? I recognize this number. It must be great news. So you, like, as soon as your phone goes off, you're like, oh, shit. No, I'm so stupid because I can't give up. Mm-hmm. When I, as soon as I sold the show, I started telling my uh, girlfriend who I have a baby with. Is Dave Allen Greer here? Uh, <laughs> I told my girlfriend. That's uh, awful. <laughs> that, uh, By the way, that was with. one of my favorite things that ever, has ever happened. I feel bad still. Do I, I don't bad? know why I got uncomfortable. Yeah, I think but, it was because I was the butt of his joke, and I should have been more of I should have been more of that guy. But I think he was being playful with you. He was like, "We're two comics together. We're you know." He acted like you guys were old buddies. Yeah, he did. You were. He, did. he didn't yeah. put in his time though. Yes, <laughs> he didn't put in his buddy time though. You, <laughs> you uh, earned that. With and me. I don't know if there's a better phrase, but Tommy that day had a tight asshole, and <laughs> um, I didn't even know it. Until after he left, I yeah. thought you were because you were jabbing back and you were having fun. But and I was even said to you later, I go, no, 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 he does that shit. Yeah, I felt like it was one of those. I felt like I was against the ropes. Yeah, and then afterwards you were like, you got a good one in, and I was like, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I feel like I was just. I was like, I was in defense man. mode. I'm cut. I'm cutting <laughs> your eye. But here's the thing: like he is. Then I, I deal with guys like him all the time. The comedians comes in and like, well, this is a dumb business. This is a shit. You know, and they're having fun. Yeah, they don't mean any of those things. You know, I should have known he was a nice guy. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Well, 
Maybe he's not. He is. I believe he's a judge right now and sing your face off. So <laughs> if we would have known that, yeah, yeah, you would have had a knockout. I punch. feel like if uh, if we had done that show a couple uh, a couple days later, I I could have brought up the fact that the the show we, it was on was canceled. It was canceled. It was canceled yeah. immediately after he came down on me. I'm not saying that was right. the result of it, but you you know I have friends in Hollywood. You come throw <laughs> shit at me. All of a sudden, your show's gone. But I, I should give you a copy of it for you to go back and listen to, because I don't think... I don't even know if I could. I don't think he's as, he was as aggressive as you think. I think he was... I think that's his stick. I don't even need aggressive. I just... Any amount of me being the butt of the joke... Right. And it reverts into this, like, is this fucking... Is this happening? <laughs> you and me right now? <laughs> this is what you want? It's going down. You know? Is the, this exactly what you fucking want? The problem want is... Uh, uh, it was one of... The, it felt like one of those, like, kind of grade school... Moments where, like, in my mind, I was like, does he want to, like, does he, I'll start, I'll go back to him, too. But I did it for way too long. I just never came back. Like, some kid's pushing you, I'm like, like you, you want to fight? You want to fight? And then he pushes you again, and you're like, nah, yeah. I mean, I'm now being seriously, I'll, if you want to fight, we'll fight. And then he hits you, and you're like, now, okay, you, this is the last warning. I just went on for too long without throwing it, because I was worried if I said something back to him, it would be... Racial. You know, racial. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I don't, you know, I don't see color. I do. By the way, we are, and this is the hip hop radio station. Are, are we broadcasting from their channel? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. We're on Shade 45 Jesus. right now. So this is really going to make people angry. <laughs> yeah. And that's weird, too, because on my phone, and I can't stop playing, I'm playing this new app I have. I'm playing Angry ne Negros. And um, that probably looks bad. Uh, it's weird when people text you during the show. Well, it is, you are in a different studio, so they may not have known. They probably are like, how do I find you now? What do I do? You just miss Bobcat Goldthwait, who... I love him. I've met him a couple times. He's the nicest guy in the world. He's not only nice, but have you ever watched any of his films? I know you're he's, a film guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, he's shocked me, and this may be the weird... He shocked me with stand-up. Years ago, before I had seen any of his movies, when I had seen the movies he directed, I had only seen him in Police Academy. Right. And I went to see him do stand-up, thinking Police Academy. And he's he's amazing at stand-up comedy. I don't know if yeah, you've ever yeah. seen him. Oh, yeah. I booked him in my club years ago. And then uh, these movies he's directing, it's, they're just they're insane. They're phenomenal. And he's also just, uh, he's doing it the way, I think... You know, I like. I'm in my mind. I'm like, I gotta have my own TV show. I gotta have this. I gotta have this nest egg. Where I get. But he's doing something. He's just like he doesn't. He just writes a movie, and then he gets money, and then he directs it. Then he, he has shoots nobody. It. Yeah, nobody. He does it all on his own. There's no in between, and you know, because of that, you don't necessarily get an entertainment weekly, and you know, what I mean, yeah. no one's uh, buzzing about you on Deadline and all that kind of shit. So, I mean, he's really. And and the people who haven't seen the movies probably think I'm joking about this, but he's such an artist, a true like when people say they're an artist, but then they then yeah. you know you immediately see them turn around and do Superman four or whatever. But he really is living his life like an artist. It's it, it, like a real uh, for movies. I'm trying to think of who else does it. There's people that make great movies, but he's doing this on a semi consistent basis where he's, he just. Has an idea, he writes it, yeah, and then he goes and finds well, money. This is like the fifth one. He's brilliant. Of these that he's, he's real done brilliant. Yet. And I mean, who would you compare him to, Chris? It was like Todd Salons, Michael who, Bay. Uh, uh, who are we talking about? 
As independent film? Yes, as independent film. Who who are the kind of names we would bring up right now? I'd say, um, oh, I can't think of the dude's name. Uh, he, he directs those like, quirky New York movies, but it's another guy who just... Woody Allen. That's who it is. Oh, no. <laughs> Real who quirky, is. though. Yeah, little quirky, little strange. You fu- Wait, are you fuck? Is this happening right now, David Allen Greer? Is this what you <laughs> fucking want? Because I will fucking hit you so hard. <laughs> God, that was funny. Uh. It was so funny. <laughs> and then I was like, it just. The best part was he just got to leave. Yeah. He just came in and did that and yeah. then left. And then I'm still sitting here in kind of a pile of whatever well, happened. I think it's, it was one of those things that we didn't even know we had him. And then somebody said, yeah. oh, he's here and he wants to stop in because he had done the show before. But I think he was just doing a quick run through. So, you know, and I'm like, oh, two comedians together. They're going to love well, each other. Be perfect. <laughs> Two guys, similar backgrounds. This is going to go great. Tommy Jonigan is performing at Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. That's tonight and tomorrow, June 7th at 8 p.m. For tickets, go to GothamComedyClub.com. And Tommy's uh, Tommy's Comedy Central Half Hour, that debuts next Friday, June 13th wow, at midnight. Fantastic. Friday the 13th. Mm, perfect. Yeah, it's gonna know. be a spooky show. Folks. <laughs> <laughs> Comes out makeup. Have the kids ready. Stay up late for this one. It's it's great for repeat viewings because then you can dress up like the special. Yeah, play along with it in the theater. Now Letterman is going away, and Letterman was the first guy to give you the yeah the the big shot. How'd that feel to you when when you, you heard, when you heard when, it? When you heard it, I like uh, it's. I'll be honest, it's embarrassing, but I like teared up a little bit that yeah. day. I got really sad. And um I don't even I can't even explain. I just read the news and I got all fast blinky. Were yeah. you just trying to hold back a cry? Um And it's 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 insane to think about even, you know, like Leno's gone and all these other people are leaving and new, but Letterman being there still made it seem Normal. like it yeah, like with him gone, it's it's gonna seem like it almost feels like we're moving away from late night instead of oh Jimmy Fallon's the new guy in town. It almost seems like well now no no one's we're just doing kind of uh, YouTube videos <laughs> for an hour. It does. <laughs> you know this is I think your first thing of adulthood when you realize yeah. okay we're the adults and that blows. It's never yeah. You know, it's why people look back. And think that an earlier age was classier because you, you had guys to look up to, but now you and Jimmy Fallon are pretty much in the same bracket. He's older than me, and I'm yeah. like, come on. Yeah, but you're not going to be like, silly. oh, I got a Fallon. The same way that you got Letterman must have been yeah. the most exciting thing of your... It's the most step. exciting thing. It's, it's, it's this badge of honor. And then, uh, you know, Fallon, for the guys that do it, and, and uh, you know... If, when Letterman goes, if if you know, I'd love to. I'd love to do the show just because it's in New York. Fallon is in New York, right. and you know, it'd be nice to do a show. He and he also is super kind when he has comedians on. He tweets. He's running a lot of them. He's too. like doing the social network. He's doing yeah. the like, and he plays them. It's so it really kind of does a lot for the online presence. Which uh, Letterman, not a big tweeter. That guy, no, doesn't I'm not doesn't big... doesn't care about that type of thing. Uh, with the um. With Fallon taking over, and then Colbert, and then nobody knows who Ferguson's going to be. It's kind of up in the air. We think it has to be a black woman if we're going to follow, you know. Yeah, Siamese twin. Yeah. Other half's an Asian. Something, yeah. You know, the Asians never get... 
nobody nobody comes when the SNL thing where they uh, there was the big hubbub about there they didn't hire a black woman. Yeah, there's not an Asian woman on there either. Is has there ever been an Asian guy on that show? Nothing. Never. Oh. Where's the hubbub? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this with you. Let's get the hubbub going. Like we've had it. Weird time to bring it up. Yeah, I'm part Asian. Are you real? Not at all. Okay, uh, because uh, that would have been great. You. But isn't that the? I and I don't. And this is a. I think it's a thing of a, as a white dude, you're not even supposed to. I wish an Asian guy had said this. Right. But like, where's the? If we're gonna say we have to have this, then yeah. we should have all. I mean, I know that it shouldn't be all white. Let's agree on that. But mm-hmm. then we can't just go checking down. Well, here's the thing about an Asian. What is he gonna play? And if you get him, Asians. You know, see, see All right, we got a Asians. sketch. Uh, this guy is uh, staring into the sun, <laughs> <laughs> just outside looking like, up. You are one hundred percent right. There's so many Asians in this country, and they it's don't funny have Asians. Yeah, then they don't have a Saturday Night Live person to look forward to. No, they're uh, they feel like uh, stereotyping, but it's a very subdued kind of uh, culture where they're like, oh, pardon me, you know, whatever. They're very polite and pa- passive. Not that might be the right word. My Twitter may be blowing up right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> People get where you're coming from. But, you know, I guess SNL doesn't want to just do a series of bukkake jokes over and over and over. Like every week, like, what are we going to do? I got this Bruce Lee bit that I think is going to work. Um, I, again? Yeah. I also got a thing on Speed Racer where I don't know whether it's good or not. We're going to have you molest women on the subway. You know what? what? That's I... called chicane, not molestation. And you just came across as an ugly American there. There's a name for something like that? Yes, because, see, what happened, in, I guess in the old days, that if you were being molested and you were a girl of honor, you just quietly allowed it to happen rather than yell out, I'm being molested or hit someone. You didn't bring attention to it. So it went on for so long that they had to put up signs saying... If you see someone molested, say so, you know? Yeah. If you're being molested, say so. Just in Japan, in the subway in the, system. Yeah. What? If yeah. Constantly, women would be getting just felt up, and they were just I don't know happen. if it's constant, but it did happen quite a bit, enough that they had to say... So this is something that went on for... Generations. Yeah, generations before, and then... All of a sudden, they threw, like, we have to put up a sign. Yeah, about the 90s, uh, yeah. people yeah. were going, you know what? Just right there with the uh, with the don't put your gum under the seat. Yeah. Also, if you see someone being raped, let, let somebody know about if that. If you see something, say something. Last night, they shut down Penn Station for an hour because someone left the box of pickles uh, on a chair. Boom. Hour off. Really? Yeah. Was it a box of pickles? I don't know if it was pickles. I know it was a box. Shut it down. Uh, Jeff from Philly has a question for you. Uh, go ahead, Jeff. Hey, it's actually Justin, but Molly's all rattled back there, although she was nice as hell on the phone, i got to be honest. But, uh, Send Molly in here. I want to ask Mr. John again, how come he wants a TV show? I mean, I, I guess I get it, but it seems kind of old school. I don't, you don't hear that as much anymore. Just curious why, why that's going to be the thing to, to make you pop or, or what that's about. Maybe just paycheck? or you, You're actually surprised that people would like to have a, a television show. <laughs> No, it just seems like that's the old, you know, 20-year-ago formula for a comedian sitcom. And I, I don't know if you see it as much. I mean, maybe it's a different type of show. Maybe I have uh, expectations on the particulars of it. You know, because I guess you still see Louie, Marion doing something different. But 
I'm just curious. I want a classic old school sitcom like you would see in the 90s and before. And uh, and I'm uh, serious with an audience and everything. I want it old like I I don't uh, the new stuff the single cam. I like I like an audience laughing, like really laughing at the the stuff that's happening. And the main reason is because once you have a sitcom that drives uh people to your live shows. And then the second and third reasons are uh money and then uh the main reason is time time home with my uh child. When you have a TV show, you get to be consistently home. It's nice to have a job where you can eat dinner with your kids and still make a half a million dollars a week. Yeah, I, yeah. That's nice. But also like you're making enough money if you if you've had enough meals with your kid, you can say I'm busy. I'm very very busy. I'm, I'm making an, I'm half a million yeah. dollars right now. No, I got already a pilot episode. You know, your wife's telling you don't eat the cake. You take a slice out and try to put the cake back together, redo it. Did you read my my uh, script that I didn't get picked up? <laughs> I thought that was an original idea. Tommy! That could just be the name of it. You're just constantly being screamed at by her. Tommy! All right, um, Molly, first of all, we know we're in shape 45 today. Everybody's had to... Fez took a heart pill. He was so... <laughs> Uh, well, that's. I know it's funny to you. I'm sorry, you, it's not funny. No, no. Here's the thing. I know it's funny to you because you're young and you don't know that men could die. Right. But Fez could die at any moment. We're all aware of that. That's why I wanted him to. Did you go over and measure that thing, Fez? Uh yeah. Those don't work. Did you tell Michelle? No, I haven't told. I haven't told her yet. Who measured those out? Um, that was a wiki job. Well, let Michelle know that those don't work, and as soon as I looked at it, I knew it wasn't going to work. All right, you got names wrong, honey. I know. I'm sorry. Look, I don't know whether you're familiar with Japan, okay? <laughs> but we'll start at Japan thing here so quickly, unless you get it together, okay. right? yes. This is Tommy goddamn Jonigan, all right? He's a powder keg. At any moment, he's ready to go off. He explodes with anger. Okay. Long fuse, but once it blows... That's true. Trouble. Are you a fighter? Are you a guy who's been in quite a few fights? Not quite a few fights. I've had a lot of verbal altercations. Uh-huh. I just think people don't want to fight, including myself, but I say more than I should in real life constantly. Uh, where, where do you do this? In cars? Uh, definitely in my car. And then also um, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Anywhere that I feel like someone's being rude or... You don't put up with rudeness at all? No. Zero. It's, which is really hard to do in this city. In any city, really. I do a lot of, uh, in this city, I do a lot of, hit! <laughs> just when someone's walking towards me, and they're not looking up, I just give them a loud, hit! <laughs> and it's, they look up. I, I've, I've lived here for 14 years, and I've never felt the need to go, hit! <laughs> hit! I just don't. I, I'm I'm walking in a straight line. Yeah. And if you're not, if you're looking up, we'll, but if you're looking down, then you're in my path, and you're going to move. I'm not going to move. So that's what happens to me. <laughs> well, if they're on their smartphone. You live a regimented life for a comedian. It's very regimented. I don't like to... Yeah, I got a thing. I got to be on this. You're not going to waste <clears throat> steps. You're not going to walk around anymore. Yeah, I figured out like a chess game. I look yeah. way ahead. I know where I'm going. And you're also one of the few humans I know with your own built-in horn. <laughs> yep. <laughs> eh, eh, what's going on over there? Eh, eh. Yeah, that's a strange, strange. It's thing just a do. just a. No, there's not enough time to get words out. You just gotta give them a honk. Does it work? People yeah, it works. They look up. Work. Look. Look how happy he is. Look how he's a sound he's body here, and mind. He? He's here, isn't he? Uh, 
I have. Uh, I, I I generally have to. I have to call my girlfriend every once in a while and tell her I, I did like a crazy. Th- there was a girl that cut me off in L.A. the other day. It didn't even cut me off, but almost hit me. And I just, I, even though I use my mouth horn, I rarely use my car <laughs> horn. I rarely use my car horn. He's now comfortable thinking, but it's a mouth uh, horn. <laughs> so I tooted my horn, just uh-huh. a small honk, because she was about to hit me. And then she stuck her hand out and flipped me off and then just held it out there and then started moving her finger around like a waving right. dance. And as soon as she put her hand out the window and flipped me off, my, and I'm not even exaggerating, my immediate thought, because I have a lease, I don't own yeah. this car, I was going to just hit her bumper. <laughs> and then I was like, we well, can't do that. So I have a metal coffee tin, like thing, coffee thermos, and I was going to throw it at her car and see what happened. Those were the first two things, and I immediately ruled them out, but I passed her on the right in kind of that angry pass, and in one motion, as I'm passing her, I realize she has her window down, and I have one of those, uh, like a cup that you'd get from McDonald's with the lid on it, but Mm -hmm. it's a chocolate protein shake, and I just threw it in her (laughs) car. Jesus Christ. Just chucked it in her car, and then turned into my house, because I was home. I just went home (laughs) right after. (laughs) So this is all in your neighborhood. This took within place. with within a, a half a block of my house. I passed her on the right and then got in front of her and went home. Now here's the downside: you don't know where she lives. She could live three doors down. Yeah, yeah. And now you've insulted her with a chocolate shake. There's a shake coming through your window. The shake in the next it, couple it, days. it exploded before it got out of my because it got on my mirror. So she got all of it. Yeah. And yes, I mean she may live right down the street, but I. I'm the guy that threw a protein shake in her car. She doesn't want to talk. You don't want to talk to that person anymore. She could be married. And yeah, yeah. You, and and I, that's I'm a guy. I'm a man of consequences. Yeah. I feel like you did something. Now I just have to always feel like I'm a one up. I have right. to be one up or even. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm one up on you now. And if your husband comes and evens it by beating me up, I guess that's that's my consequence. See, we were talking about this yesterday with white men. White men. We want to lead and we want to set law and order. And I don't know whether you could talk about anyone else on the planet. Like if any of us were in a uh, a plane crash and you looked around, the white guys would be gone. Here's what we need to do. Yeah, let's move this over here. And the Asians are chicaning or whatever. Yeah, they, 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 <laughs> everyone just would be looking towards the white guy. And I'm not saying the white guys are better at leading. We just want to lead. We know we want yeah. to lead. And that's why Obama has Fox News just crazy, because they know this isn't the way it's supposed to work. Uh, if I, I have to feel like, even when I let someone go in traffic, I have a th- I'm like, you're there because I let you. Now that you're in you front of like me, you gave I've that. allowed you to yes. be there, though. I'm leading yes. from behind now. This is almost godlike. You almost. I live my life like that. I just. I can never have someone just walking around. And there's a. There's too many examples of this where, like, I should have. At some point, it's going to come back on me. At some point, also, when I get enough money, I will just hit someone because I'm so close to it now, and I don't have a lot of money. Yeah. That once the money rolls in, and that checks the box off, that's the last box (laughs) waiting to be checked. So (laughs) your meltdowns are actually pre-planned. You know what I mean? Like no, they're not. You, they're in the moment. But 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 you now say I'm the type of person yeah. that I can make a four hundred thousand dollar meltdown. Well, the thing is, is they're thought, and then a second or two of what will happen, and then 
then I do it. Like right. uh, I was at a bar, I was at a strip club, and I was last call and I ordered a beer, and the woman goes, "I'm only doing shots," and I go, "I don't want a shot. I'd like a beer." I'm being very polite, and she goes, "I'm only doing shots. Are you having a shot?" And I said, "I'd like a beer," and she goes, "Ugh." And then I just took a full glass and tumped it over on her bar and walked away. So I didn't get a beer. Not a big deal. She has to clean up a glass. Not a huge deal, but I feel like I'm winning. This is the first reel of falling down. Okay. (laughs) This is the fucking prequel. Young Michael Douglas. (laughs) Who will eventually go back to his home and get an automatic rifle and go crazy. You carry a briefcase around with an orange in it. Yeah. Good movie, though. Yeah, it's a great movie. And for some reason, we cheer for him. We're like, yes. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Yes. Light up that McDonald's or whatever it was. The, yeah, well, shoot the white supremacists <laughs> and then the black pimp. Just go Kill DeVall, too. Kill DeVall. Oh, yeah. The movie holds up. It's almost like he's lo- turning around and looking and going, you hate these people, too, right? You hate these people, too. You're just like me. But so you're ready to. And you say you don't fight much. No, people. Uh, people don't want to fight. It's not. A, I don't think that we want to do that. So you do these New things. York they do, though. Really? Yeah. I think the most of you just in your bones. I think we've gotten away from it so much that people don't want to do it. I don't know whether you watch the news, but they yeah, stab yeah. and they shoot. Stab and shoot. Uh, yeah. there was the closest that should, I should have come was uh, we're at a place, a bar that had a parking lot and it was valet, but then around the back you could park, and we did we parked and we come back and the valet guy was uh, such a dick. He goes, he was, he's yelling at us because we parked, and he's like, I park, I'm the valet, blah blah blah. So. Uh, such a dick, and with you know, without going to how, but it like was a big deal. We had to, he had to take the car and blah blah. Uh, and then we go in and we have some drinks for a little while, and then we leave. And I just tip over the thing that holds the valet keys. <laughs> Every one of these stories has the same kind of ending. <laughs> That I've done something physically unacceptable. It's I mean, not good. You, you but just, in my mind, I'm yes. like, you know what? It It's not the end of the world. The, what's going to happen, I knew when I did it, is now all of the keys are just in, in a, just oh, off the hooks. Yeah, he has no ter- idea what car goes to <laughs> what it's, key It's now. terrible for him. But do you lose your shit like this with your wife or your no, girlfriend? No, never. Would, she never does anything rude or disrespectful. And uh, even if she did, I wouldn't. And my yeah. uh, my kid has no respect. She's 20 months old. She doesn't know what that means yet. Uh, so never, it never has come close to... It's only strangers. Strangers is what... Never even, like, I've gotten, you know, into, uh, with family members like that, an yeah. argument where you yell back and forth. Yeah. But I think that my problem is with a stranger is I don't have time to say, here's where you're wrong. Okay. I'd like to tell you, I just want you to know what you've done wrong. Or that you've done something wrong. I just want you to know, there's like 300 million handguns <laughs> in this country, and we never know who has one. And one of these people is going to have a one-upmanship like you do. Yeah, like yeah, I've, yeah. I've got to shoot him just as he gets away. All right, Fez, did you uh, go and check on the... Yeah, I took the mic flags to Michelle, mm-hmm. who was devastated, mm-hmm. and handed me a bunch more and said, do you just want to give them away as prizes then? 
She was. And then I had to explain to her, she goes, she thought she had messed them up. Yeah. And I explained to her, I go, no, you weren't even on this project. Did you take her down and show her? See, the thing is, those mics in that studio are different from every other mic because we came over from XM. Yeah. So they just don't work with those mics. I explained why they don't work to her, but yeah. with the there's five engineers in there right now. All right, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. You, but you went over and checked it against those mics. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and I even went to one of the five engineers and said, "Hey, how's this work?" And he said, "It doesn't." Why don't you give Tommy a nice plug here? He's a great guy, and he's making me laugh my ass off today. The only thing that would be better if David Allen Greer was in here <laughs> taking, this, taking this falling down comedy. Tommy Jonigan is at the Gotham Comedy Club in New York City. That's tonight and tomorrow, June 7th at 8 p.m. For tickets and more information, go to GothamComedyClub.com. And next Friday, a week from tonight... Friday the 13th at midnight. That's Tommy's Comedy Central half hour special debuting on Comedy Central. Uh, Chase is tonight, right? Yeah, Chase is tonight at 12.30 a.m. And Christy uh, Stefano, who had been on the show before. His is at midnight tonight. And then Chase at 12.30 Christy? No, I, I tried to say D. Chris and then <laughs> D. Stefano. Oh, Christy. Christy D. Stefano. Yeah. I put too many D's in Chris. Well, I would complain, oh, but what? I don't want oh, you to God. take another heart pill. Uh, I saw Joe List on uh, Letterman last night. Very good job. Four applause breaks. I was counting as applause breaks. We uh, watched it at the Comedy Cellar. I'm good friends with Joe List. He did a great job. Did a great job. Fat tie. We, we talked about his tie. It was a very thick tie that he came out mm-hmm. with, which I thought was a bold statement. It was an audible. It was a, it was a tie called audible. Uh-huh. And uh, he's, he, Joe told me there's a, Seinfeld had a quote of the only thing I've ever regretted about my TV spots is the wardrobe. I think you look back and, and I told I was like, the tie, at, the set was solid. Right. That you're all, you, I'm, you're just thankful you have the tie. That's <laughs> the part that you, instead of going, man, that sucked. That sucked, but your tie looked fantastic. Yeah, your tie. I've had some good ties. <laughs> but see, I don't think a man should ever care about what his hair looked like in the past or what he was wearing. Because no. it's just part of life. And you don't want to look like someone who's out of step in the times that you lived in. Like Don Johnson couldn't say, I'll do this, but just if I just wear a sensible black you know, Brooks Brothers suit. That's yeah. how I will do Miami Vice. It's I'll watch Miami Vice and just fucking roll on the ground now because yeah. he's, it looks like the gayest show. It looks like he's going to show up at the drug bust and blow them. You know, I mean, it's just so over the top. That would have been a much better show. It's mostly blazers and tank tops on, on fucking Miami Vice. But he pulls his sleeves up on his blazer. Right, that's one of his. Yeah, moves? that's one of his things. But it's like a, a crushed, you know, pink and fucking emerald. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it, it. The show. I forget who runs it. Maybe the Esquire Network. But anytime I get to see it, I put it on. Oh, there's reruns on it. Now? Oh yeah, and it's great. Right. And there'll be like these music sequences of him driving that go on for like four minutes, and it'll be just like some synthesizer, <laughs> and you're like. When have, is he going to fucking get there? Is this in real time? They should all. They should just have scenes of him just laying out for a while. <laughs> but it, it seems like he was a guy that laid out a lot. It's fu- yeah, because he was so tan. But it's <clears throat> funny that people like now it looks ridiculous. But in the eighties, 
people actually wa- watch that before they would even go out to a club. They're like, yeah. I won't get there till late. I'm watching Miami Vice. It's going to be fucking phenomenal. The drummer from Genesis is going to be on it. <laughs> if you're going to be fashion for, if you're going to be the cool guy right. now, you're going to get made fun of. You have to sacrifice being cool now. If right. you want to not be made fun of, but who cares when you're? Yeah, no one cares. I mean, you should look back at your high school fucking picture and laugh and go, "What a fucking yeah. dork!" That should be it. I just got rid of my high school haircut three years ago. I had the same haircut till three years ago. <laughs> you were still wearing your Letterman jacket too, <laughs> and hanging around the same Seven Eleven. I uh, I didn't even know it looked so bad until it's uh, my girlfriend brutally makes fun of it now i just i did the old classic straight down yeah the Clooney, what some people called it now you said she is in show business too. she right? is yeah, yeah is it do you worry that there's too show too much show business talk in front of the kid uh i don't i sometimes i worry that there's too much checking of e- she's she's like a slight big wig so she's checking emails right and then i'm checking emails and and then we do talk about it a lot uh you know but i we have the kid. She's twenty months. She's in soccer. She takes music classes. She's yeah. swimming. So she, you know, like, I don't think that it'll You're affect her, her too busy. much. You're keeping her. Yeah, busy. yeah. I do think that there's something going to rub off, whether it's the show business part or like the competitive, like, want to kind of take over or whatever. The, the, uh, the lesson nature. thing is uh, goes to show you where the planet has changed because I never had a single lesson of any type, nor do I remember my dad dropping me off anywhere. Oh. Anywhere, uh, like um, recreational stuff. Anything? Yeah, nothing. And I remember, like, I think I was in seventh or eighth grade and had a uh, a girlfriend that was like a couple towns over, and I used to hitchhike. <laughs> and everybody be like, uh, "We better get your ass back here by midnight. It's a school night and shit like that." And I would be just, you know, and no one thought this was wow was such an awful thing. But my dad could have said, "Oh, I'll drop you off. I know you. Yeah, you have this like little love thing going on." What was your um? When you we have a nanny, and I sometimes feel bad that we have a nanny, but we don't live near our parents. I never had a babysitter because I had aunts and grandmothers around and and big yeah, sister. Yeah, people really people sometimes have a completely anti nanny thing but i think most of them it's because you live near your family i don't right. have really another, another choice well, the old school thing and we need to get somebody on those phones out there because no one's filled in for her why don't you run back and do it honey because those guys are so busy they don't have time to do that but no i i never had a nanny for my kids either because of that thing family yeah because of family my my chick's uh sisters were basically like junior moms yeah to my kids that's what I would like that. Uh, we I got to a thing once where um, I was in a meeting with uh, some a meeting with right. a group of people, and uh, I mentioned that we were looking for nannies. There's this website called Sitter City. Have you ever heard of it? No, never heard of it, dude. It's like uh, it's a nanny babysitter finding website, but they have photos, and in L.A. It's some of the hottest girls you've ever seen that are that you could just click on and hire to come to your house to babysit your kid. That's a, that's trouble. So I have the story where I'm like, we're not getting a hot nanny, and uh, I'm telling this in the middle. And in the middle of the meeting, this woman goes, "Why don't one of you just stay home with your baby?" And I go, "Because I I tour and um, my girlfriend has a job." 
And then I move on, and she was like, well, why, does, why, don't, why, don't, why don't you just work in town? And I go, well, because I make my money out of town. Why doesn't your girlfriend just quit her? And it just, there goes the table. Boom, boom. You're turning the fucking yeah. table over. <laughs> Coffee's spilling everywhere. But it is a weird thing that, that, you know, I live in the Upper East Side. And if you just landed here from another planet, you would think somehow black Jamaican women give birth to little white babies and push them around. And I'm not kidding. It's 100% where I'll see it just coming in every direction. No one thinks to themselves. And, you know, I know a lot of those women aren't even working. They're just home while the nanny oh, yeah. takes the kid out. We are working. Yeah. Uh, our nanny, and then our nanny has nanny friends. It's all the, our Hispanics. It's, it's yeah, in, if, in LA, they're you, all Hispanics. If you go up to Central Park, you'll see this collection. Like, they just go... They come and they yeah, hang they, in a huddle. Yeah. Who knows how much attention they pay to the kids. Ours is... We have a legal nanny. So we, we you know, that's... uh You pay prime... You pay top dollar to get a legal one. You get an illegal, you can pay a couple bucks less. My, so you're doing well. There was a crazy story in New York. A very successful guy, uh, and uh, I, I I remember reading it. Where like the kid falls, nanny doesn't call nine one one because she's an illegal. Yeah, I remember that story. Yeah, yeah, and that is that is true. That when you're an illegal, you worry all the time. You're willing to let a kid die so you don't have to fucking be taken back across the border. Yeah, what's that kid done though? Um. Let's go over here to Mark in Oklahoma. Mark, you're on the Run of Fez show with Tommy Jonigan. Hey, how are y'all doing today? Good. Great. I, I totally agree with what Tommy says about like trying to get even or one-up somebody, just a complete strangers, because I hate rude people, rude drivers, people who treat waiters and waitresses like crap for no reason. And uh, I had a friend who one time told me I, what I do, they called me the passive-aggressive asshole. So what do you do? Just little things, like how um, Tommy talked about throwing that shake in that lady's car. That's not passive. That's aggressive-aggressive. <laughs> aggressive. Assault. Right? Yeah, it is. It's basically assault with ice cream. I'm pointing out to both of you guys, you, you're never going to find happiness with this, just more aggravation. You're just going to stay aggravated. But I'm fine with that. You're fine with it. Yeah. I, I do it because there's a moment of satisfaction after it's like kind of like it's like banging somebody you're not supposed to. Right after it feels great, and then then the thing of like oh, I shouldn't have done that. See, I've never had the secondary thing, but I know the first thing. <laughs> the, this is taboo. Um, but you never fall into the. I just threw the shake at someone. That is, you know, someone's daughter, someone's sister. No, she flipped me mom. off. If you know, I didn't do it to a nursing mom at a McDonald's. <laughs> She flipped me off. I think she deserved it. Oh, see, I thought it was a nursing mom in a McDonald's. That's where I made my mistake. I don't know, that's a nursing mom you did that. Uh, here's Terry. Terry in uh, Deakin. Uh, go ahead. Hey, buddy. Hey, uh, Ron, I know why nobody messes with Tommy when he's fucking with him. The guy's in great shape. We, we saw Tommy at uh, Levity Live a few weeks ago, and he's jacked. Wait, you're in way too good shape to be a comedian. Tommy, Tommy came in here and did 800 push-ups before he started the show today. Uh, and like, even now, it, it looks like he's doing Kegel exercises <laughs> as he sits here. as Kegels. But, yeah, that's what it, there's something about Tommy that is very un-comedian-like. You know? I've heard it my whole life. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm, I'm somehow I'm I am a comedian, but it even leads up to uh, right when the show starts. People will regularly come up afterwards if they didn't know who I uh, was at the show. They'll say, "When you walked on stage, I thought this guy's not going to be funny." <laughs> That's the first impression. That's the hole you're in yeah. before you start. That's where I start. Yeah. This guy's not going to be funny. I've looked not funny. Well, you do. I remember when I was watching you on The Last Comic Standing when you were on every week. And you have a stance that you, you'll stand on stage unlike other comics. And the stances, I can only describe it as... Get out of my yard. It looks like hey, you. it looks like a guy who's setting his boundaries, which we don't normally get in a comedian, you know? Yeah, I don't uh I don't love I I don't want I mean I want I'm do I think I said it before, I'm like I'm doing comedy it's selfish. I don't right. I don't care about your day and your life yeah. and I don't care about making you laugh. I like the way it feels when people, when I make people laugh. That is, I like the way it makes me feel. That is an incredibly honest thing, and I don't think I've heard, because people have a tendency to say, I love them, and this is where I get my love, and this is you. No. Because even Don Rickles, who goes out and pummels the audience, will yeah. then say, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, love is the most important thing. Make sure you call your mom. I remember when I saw him when I was a kid, I was fucking biting through my arm, <laughs> laughing about how crazy that this vicious antisocial man had now tells us nothing is more important than a mom. Call her. <laughs> I just want to yell out, I know I'm better than my mom than you are. Yeah. When that's over for me, it's more like a, you've served your purpose. Good night. Like a vampire. That's the funniest shit I've ever heard a comic said. It is so, I, and I'm sure, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm sure most people secretly agree with you. Yeah. They just don't say it. Them laughing is a byproduct of it, and I'm, right. I'm glad that they do it. And it, you know, sometimes people say things individually that mean something. Oh, you know, you talked about that, and it means yeah. something. And it, that, you can touch me. But when I'm on stage, it's more of like, I like the way I'm looking for the feel. noise, yeah, the laugh yeah. noise. Uh, here's Edward. Edward, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey, I agree with Tommy exactly. And by the way, I love your comedy, man. I love oh, it. Thanks, it's man. great. Hey, but uh, so I, I do the same thing. When I'm in public, I flip the fuck out. And it's pretty stupid, but this is my philosophy. If you come off crazier than the next person, they'll just keep walking. That, that's how it's worked every time. I flip out, I yell at people, and for no reason at all, but I won't start shit. But if you come off crazier, they just they just turn and walk away. Yeah, and that will work until you run across somebody with your same philosophy, and then you're in a place. Now I'm saying that like acting like I'm no one who lost my shit, but I used yeah. to have really bad anger problems, and I used to have uh, when I was younger, like a fucking metal rod in my car that I was always yeah. ready to brandish. Swing, you know. I'll run into one of those guys someday. Yeah, sooner or later. And by the way, a lot of guys are just strapped. A lot of guys are thinking, 
This is the perfect opportunity yeah, yeah. to use this shiny gun. So far, the guys that agree with me do have southern accents. I just noticed yes, that. Yes, you're going to be very, very big with that. But it would be really, really great if this becomes your hook. You know what I mean? Like, you just start to center on just going off in public and your audience knows the catchphrases. <laughs> I don't do it as <laughs> too throw much. Throw the shake. Yeah. Throw the shake. Throw the shake. Well, not only are you very funny, but like I said, I think that you're incredibly honest about this. I try to be. Incredibly honest. I think that, you know, that's the, uh, when when the guy said, why do you want a TV show? It's kind of the same backwards thing of, you know, I I want a TV show for, to drive people to the live show and then to be able to stay home with my kid. Money is a byproduct. That's a result of it. I don't necessarily, I love money and I hope to have a lot of it, but it's not, and that's kind of the same way with the laughter. It's like. That's that's a what I'm that trying proves, to do. Yeah, the laughter is the, is the secondary thing. So you write really hard to get those laughs. Yeah, yeah. you want to see the response to those. Yeah, I laughs. want to make sure I can still do it, and I want to. Yeah, it's it's almost like a control thing where I know when I say this, you're going to do this. Why don't you open the show with, ladies and gentlemen? I've worked really hard to write some of these jokes. I expect to get the laughter. If not, please fill out this questionnaire and let me know <laughs> at what point you started to be disappointing with, with the comedy product I brought to you. But, you know, you brought up the thing about sitcoms. There are, if you have a sit, hit sitcom, the, the stand-up audience will be there forever. Yeah. If you've had some great specials, they probably won't be, you know? Yeah. The uh, The example I always use is... The guys that we're going to see, the guys that are the guys that sell tickets, whether it's selling out, whether, you know, if I'm selling out five, six shows at Gotham, mm-hmm. if I'm selling out a theater or Carnegie Hall, whatever it is, is I just want the room full, whatever room I'm in, I want right. it to be full of people that's Tommy Jonigan fans. When you look at who's doing that now, one of the, I mean, the only example I can think of that's doing it on a large level that's never had the TV is Brian Regan. So mm-hmm. to me, the two approaches are get a television show, which is uh, very difficult, or be as funny as Brian Regan, which is impossible. Yeah, it is so tough. The easier route is to get a TV show. I'm trying to think of the comics that could sell out without ever having a TV show. George Carlin, Regan, Stephen Wright, Carrot Top, and I can't think of another one. Normally, if you even had a hit show in the eighties, yeah, you can go out and headline anywhere yeah. in the in the country today, and people will even give it, you know, a certain amount of trust. Yeah, I can't think of another one either. It's a very tough thing to do. Yeah, to and be even a draw without not, a TV show. Even if it's not um, a sitcom, even if it's a show where you know my, uh, you know, uh, I think Tosh has a show where he's doing yes. his jokes. He's doing himself. I think it's a very funny show, and he's selling crazy tickets. So. He gets to be himself. The the one where it muddies the water a little bit is if all of a sudden you're playing the brother of somebody on a thing and you're not, it's, it's, your character's not your name. Yeah, you're, you're just an be, actor at that It's got to be you your be TV you. show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, and you, of course, have to be funny once you go out there. Yeah. But the people will give you that trust. But that's because, here's the difference with Tosh, because we don't know. His show is not going to rerun for, you know, 20 years. Yeah. Where the other shows, if they're in reruns, though, I mean, I mean, is it's one of those things where there's nothing dated about it, and it re-airs now, ten, twenty times a day. I know it's crazy how much it shows. Uh, 
I I almost feel like there is something that can go with, and it may be the first of its kind. Almost the same way you watch. Uh, it's not the same, but it's like America's Funniest Home Videos is still on. Mm-hmm. Tasha's an edgy version of that. It is. Um, but do they rerun the like the old America's Funniest Home Videos from the, thing like, is, the early nineties? Even if they aren't re-airing them, show's still on, and some of the videos are from the nineties because the guy that does that show has to own your video. Did you know that? Like, no, I never knew that. That was the whole thing about that. That's like that's why the guy's like a trillionaire or whatever. Yeah. Where Tasha's playing videos that are on YouTube. You still own that. So if right. your YouTube video blows up and people seek out your video, you get clicks and everything like that, and you can do whatever you can do with it. What this guy does on America's Home is he owns it. He owns it in forever. He can put it on another episode. They can do so. People stopped letting this guy own stuff at some right. point. Some people still do, but you know, he owns a video of your son saying something adorable. You know, there's you know, it's maybe you can't make money off of it, but it would be nice that someone doesn't own your child on tape for a while. Well, I remember and I, I think it was the late eighties when they came up with the idea for it. And they actually put ads in like TV Guide and some yeah. newspapers and stuff saying, hey, send us your funny videos and we're going to put it on TV. And I'm looking at it going, this is the dumbest idea and this will go nowhere fast. <laughs> and it's ran for like 25 years and it still gets so, big ratings. I, uh, I, it's so it, I wouldn't doubt if there's still that ad in TV Guide. I didn't Because people are still sending videos in. Yeah, somebody knows. How? And I like now that they dropped it down to AFV. <laughs> I'm going to be on AFV. And it's nice. also the big thing about owning it is he pays you nothing, which means the he pays the host, and then one winner wins $10,000. Right. So he's basically he has zero cost zero. for the whole... Yeah. And they put that audience together, and then, you know, somebody gets 100 Gs at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that may happen is if... Uh, is where the sense is Tasha's show. If legislation changes, where uh, there's something I can't remember the name of, it, but like on the internet, if you put something on the internet, there's like a free. You're putting it, it out everybody there. Everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's maybe some weird ownership thing where no longer can it be aired on a different platform, and then that may mess up a thing. Well, I'm sure they have to sign off with Tasha anyway, right? I'm sure there's some. But uh, you know what? Now that you say it. I, most of the newscasts now run whatever viral video yeah, there's some is out free, there. It's called something blank free blah, whatever. Yeah. There's the word free in it. And, uh, I, you know, it's kind of when, when shows started coming out on DVD. I don't remember the name of it, but there was one show that had all of the... It was Cold Case, I think. Mm-hmm. It took forever to come out on DVD because they had all these classic songs in it. But because DVD... You know, when they made the show, they weren't releasing full seasons... They weren't right. where people could just own it forever. They didn't buy the rights to all these songs like in perpetuity, as they say. They just bought the first run rights yeah, yeah. of it or whatever. So they had to like, and that's a huge part of that show is the when they play the song from whatever. Well, they should just put in old songs that didn't really exist. Just, just have people make it up. Just happy birthday yeah. over and over again. And it's just like no, it's eighty seven. Everybody, nineteen eighty seven. Like, wait, what is this? That was never. Why would people be singing what year it is? What year? There was a girl murdered at the (laughs) mill. Well, that seems very specific to what happened, even. Like, does this guy know what happened? There's been a cover-up going on. I would really love to solve a cold case. Fez, you look like you want to do a plug, though. 
Yes, uh, tonight in New York City, it's Gotham Comedy Club. Tommy John again performing live tonight and tomorrow, June 7th at 8 p.m. For tickets, go to GothamComedyClub.com. And be sure to be watching Comedy Central's half-hour special a week from tonight I'm going to be watching that. I'm going to be watching that. I'm going to tweet. That's Tommy John again's half-hour special on Comedy Central. I got to get a Twitter. I got to get one and Letterman has to get one. All right, let's break here. We're... uh, Thanks to the guys at Shade 45 for letting us in their hizzle. And we really do. Seriously. I don't know what that means. It's a, it's a crib. I'm saying we're in their crib right now. <laughs> Babies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll be right back, Ron and Fez. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Fez show, uh, we are over here at Shade 45, and I'm just going to bring up a producer of another show, said to me, see you guys are working across the tracks today. And I said, look, I hope we're at the point. I mean, I I, I think we're at the point now that we don't do jokes like that. God. Stinky. <laughs> Even though you're not going by that name anymore. What does he call himself instead of Stinky? Garrett. All right, I'm just going to warn... Should I take my wallet out of my shoe? I'm going to warn you, Tommy, because I know that you... Uh, you but underneath this is very sticky. Uh, I can't... Why oh, Why did yeah. I touch it? Oh, no. I can't yeah. deal with that. I'm going to guess that it's gummy. I can't not touch it now. All right, go ahead over, Fezzy. So. Just run your hand from here all the way down where this hand is. All right, ready? Yeah, go. Oh, God! Oh. Yeah. Oh. Very gummy. Very gummy. Discus. Now, from what I understand, Sam uh. is going to do his show out of an office upstairs. His first show that he's going to be doing on, over on the ONA channel. And I said to him, just push it back a week, dude. Don't let yourself do that. But he wants it so much that he's willing to do it. We didn't have to because Gil came through. Gil had this handled so quickly for us. Got phones rearranged, everything. Really appreciate Gil from the comedy channels. Mm. Channels, huh? Channels. That's that's what he does. Here. I was glad to see Gil on thirty six because. Oh yeah, he was right in the middle of the fray too. A lot of those guys upstairs, they don't come down to thirty six, but this is where the action is. Yep. 
And he also was, you know, when the when you have the engineers in the state that they are. Oh, I got to tell you an engineer story too out of them. Oh, really? Because I'll, you cannot talk to them, and Gil's willing to. Here's here's the other thing. I just see, saw them taking a load of pizzas in there. This oh, is going to fucking take a while. That's an all-nighter. I yeah. asked about Monday, yeah, and you know, you can't get a straight answer either. They talk in their own language. I was told, that's partly cloudy. Did, did nobody knows what happened? Someone took a shit on the board, and shit speckles got into the electronics. Yeah, mo- most people don't. It's not generally. It's not the shit. It's the shit speckles. It's a lot of people speckles, don't know that. Yeah, it's awful for electronics. I hate to get technical on people there. The shit speckles. The shit speckles. I hate to. What are you Never doing? Gonna... Wiping down now? You're such I, a baby. Clorox. Now I have to get that gummy feeling off of my All hand. Right, give me one in case I. I have one. I touched disease. my also. I mean, if I got gonna... bleeding gums, but on my fingers. But I guess everybody comes in here chewing gum. Oh, he doesn't. Tommy doesn't want one. Come on, you got to treat it like oh. it's a guess. I didn't know Tommy had run I his had hand under. I touched and, it. You know, it's just. There's gum. This is great. This is good. Yeah, I'm going all I think this is straight elbow. bleach. It's like I'm, Lorraine yeah. Caverns underneath there. I'm going to go up, uh, well, that's stalagmites, Fez. That's what you're looking for, stalagmites. But I'm going right up to the elbows as if I was operating. This stuff smells so strong. I feel like the Shade 45 guys are going to be offended when they walk in and they realize it's been wiped down with Did some bleach. Did someone clean in here? <laughs> You know, it seems racist is where he was going. Like we oh, act like, co- like we were afraid come of cooties. Off? Does it, that come off? Yeah. But, I have an uncle one time yeah. touched one, turned him black. No, I don't think that's true. But you know when they do, when you see a doctor going right up to his elbows, you uh-huh. know, yeah, and he's holding his hands like that. Right. If I was another doctor, I'd go like this. What are you going to do? Operate and hold the scalpel with your elbows, and I would probably get a big laugh in there <laughs> with the other people. And I'll go, just fucking fingertips for me. That's just what a tip. that's what a light touch I have. I'd love to do a fucking operation. I know they, I, I can do it. I feel like there's got to be a way. I know there's so many people that need them now. I know I could probably go over third. That's world. what we do. Um, some people. What are they? The people that don't want any government. They right. think. Libertarians. Yeah, they think if you, if you, if you want, uh, there's no reason you should have to have a, a license or a, a degree or anything. If if you're someone and I say I can operate on your appendix, I should, and you agree to it, then we yeah. should be allowed to do that. We shake hands like a couple of gentlemen, and I do, do you my pay best. up front because I'm obviously not good at this. You're yeah. the first time I've ever done it. You know what? I'll, I'd say this. I'd be willing to do this. I'll do it for free the first time. Okay, I'd be willing to do an, uh, I mean, I want to do a hot, heart operation. I would love to do one in you, Fez. I know I could fucking fix your heart. You know how? How? Incisions. Yeah. I just make incisions. Well, Multiple do you have just incisions. a zipper? Do you have just a zipper now that just kind of opens for easy? <laughs> so have- I'd open that thing up and drop fucking heat down it. Yeah, it's just basically a combination lock and they're right back in there again. You've never had your chest cracked open, though. No, this last oh. time on the table, because they keep you semi-conscious, I thought for sure they were telling me it's crack. It's time. It's to, crack time? Yeah, you it's time to open me like a lobster. You always believe it is. My chick said that you had a real meltdown when you heard a... Now, this will be interesting. He heard a certain sitcom actor's... No, you brought up the sitcom actor. Yeah, what they told me, because I went in with shoulder pain from my herniated disc. At that point, I didn't know that's what it was. 
the doctor comes and tells me that it could be a sign of aortic dissection. So I hear aortic dissection. He wants to do both. He can't just be a person. I need it. I know, but go ahead. So I hear aortic dissection. Well, everyone knows what celebrity was dead from aortic dissection. I start screaming in the emergency room, John Ritter, John Ritter. (laughs) That's not what he yelled. She told me he screamed out, that's what killed John Ritter. I'm a goner. Then grabbed her and yells, tell everyone I love them. For real? Yes. Yeah, That's what did. killed John Ritter? I'm yeah. sorry, did they save John Ritter? No. Did you have that thing? No. You panicked before. Oh, man. You he, So here's what happened. Are you on a panic medicine thing that should be always in you, right? It, this is what is the nerve-wracking thing about Fez. He went in to have his neck looked at. He was so scared in there that he gave himself he, a He got attack. the case of the John Ritter. So today we're, yeah. in, we're in a different... Uh, studio and i looked over and he's got something under his tongue and i'm like fez i will send you home before i want you to have a heart attack in here over radio do you nitroglycerin yeah yeah he did that today because this is a different studio that's uh are you supposed to use that liberally no not at all no that's why i went and saw the doctor yesterday see the thing is Almost. So, so you got to take this. Yeah, it's but driving the, me crazy. The problem is in this uh, shade studio, the headphone cords don't go far enough. They do have Beats in here, though. I mean, not to, but you by know. By Dre, yeah. I know what. Is that who it's by? By Dre, yeah. Beats by Dre. Mm. Doctor and Jimmy Iovine. The great Jimmy Iovine. Really? Who, who engineered Born to Run? This is a little rock and roll trivia for you. I think did he produce? Darkness on the edge of town, or am I crazy? I may be crazy. I may be just out of my fucking mind I'll right now. I'll check the side <laughs> yeah. of that statement. I know, because we don't have computers around here. We only have these beats. Tommy Jonigan has an album coming out June 17th. What's the name of that? Stand Up Comedy 3. <laughs> so organized. So organized. Dry. Do you tell your girlfriend that you love her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All good. Well, I haven't looked her in the eye in two weeks, but <laughs> we love each other. If you believe in love. Do you? I don't know. It seems like the only time it's ever seemed real was with my baby. That it was 100%. It was like a thing. Yeah. It felt it was almost like a physical, that's a that's a connection. See what I think that that that's when it's unconditional. Where with women I think I love you if you do these things. Yeah. And stay in this shape, right? Uh, That's why people are like, "Well, why did they? Why did the the mother hide the kid after he was a school shooter? Because she was the mother, and you can't help it." Yeah, I, I, uh, no matter what the baby will do, I, I don't. I think I'm in. The mom, just a couple clicks away. Your now, your baby is busier now than I am. She got a schedule. (laughs) She's got. She's got schedules. Yeah. Tuesday music class, uh, Thursday soccer. We got a Wednesday. There's a band that plays at the Grove. Uh huh. And then Friday, today's pool day. They're at the pool having a pool party. Sweet. Damn. Living the life. That's the thing I, I say in my. Sh- but like your baby, you, uh, your baby has to look and seem like it has the same amount of money as you do. Mm hmm. So 
she ends up in all these activities because everyone that our nanny hangs out with their kids are, and we can't, I can't let someone else's kid beat my kid. Sure. My kid has to win. So you got to even see what kind of like strollers the other kids have. So you oh, we had the fanciest. There was a fancy yeah. stroller. It's like a transformer. You push a button, it folds <laughs> in on itself, but it weighed about 60 pounds. I don't even understand. It's one of the dumbest thing I've. It's for you can put a newborn baby in it, mm-hmm. meaning a woman who just gave birth, and then now has to lift a stroller that's heavier <laughs> than the baby into the car. It's insane. It just because it looks fancy and it's got a little. It uh, has a speedometer on it. You can charge your phone as you push it. It uh, with the energy from the stroller has a headlights. Mm. Piece of shit. That's an Escalade. It's real fancy. You gotta look nice, you know. You gotta look nice out there. Um, Joe, Joe, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Uh, Joe. Hey, Fez, I know what'll help you out since you're over there at uh, Shade 45. You gotta vaporize a little bit of weed and then uh, order a Domino's pizza, but make sure there's one pizza for each person. You know, we finally figured that out from these guys is that black guys, unlike us, will only order single pizzas. So finally, like we would always see these little pizza boxes. So I'm like, what you guys, why do you do that? Why don't you just order pizza for everyone? And he goes like this, you share your sandwich with people. Why would you share your pizza? And I'm like, you, this is an interesting thing. Yeah. You know, I they get their own pizza. Everybody wants their, no, they don't get a large. Everyone gets their own small pizza. Single serving. Yeah. Which costs you more. Personal pan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they you know they're not tipping, so it's Seven, like it oh, comes you know out. What? See, that comes across. I, I was as a just stereotype. thinking that's a stereotype. That, okay, well, I see. I thought it was a fact. That's so it's a stereotype. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Stereotype. That's on me then. I did. Yeah. You know what? Yes. That is, I thought that that was a proven thing. No, that's for Canadians. I apologize. Yeah. Well, it's taken. You know what I mean? I can say that as somebody who works over here. <laughs> Jimmy Iovine was actually an engineer on Doctor Savage Engine Town, not a producer. Not crazy. I though. brought up the engineer stuff. So did he never produce? On one of the Darkness uh, tracks that came out later, he actually sings uh, a Jimmy Iovine tribute. He drops Jimmy Iovine's name in one of the songs. See if you find that on your fucking Macklemore. <laughs> Macklemore yells Jimmy Iovine's uh, name in one of his slam poetry songs. Jimmy Iovine gets a, a lot of fucking name checks out there. I've got one in a rap song, and I'm really happy with it. Which one's that? I don't know. It's the one that came out this week. It's just it's named after us. How do you not know these things? You're in here. That I should have known. Tommy Jonigan's going to be at Gotham <laughs> Comedy Club tonight in New York City. That's tonight, tonight now, tomorrow at to June you. 7th. You've been sitting in here for an hour and a half with me. Yeah. Did you ever have that moment that he just had now? I don't think so. I let you roll. I let I'll you go. go. Yeah. So go ahead, do your plug, Fuzzy. I want you to. That's t- tonight and tomorrow, June 7th, 8 p.m. are those shows. GothamComedyClub.com. And a week from tonight, oh, I'll get that. <laughs> a week from tonight, Friday the 13th, June 13th at 12 a.m., Comedy Central. It's Tommy's Half Hour Special on Comedy Central. And the new album, Stand Up Comedy 3, that's out June 17th. Where'd you do your stand-up uh, special app? They shot them in Boston. Mm, everybody got shot at the same time. Yeah, in the half hours, they do them all at the same place in like four days. They treat it like it's um, like it's just like a um, like a series, right? Where it's just a set. Your name's the only thing that changes. 
This new comedian in, the old comedian out. Huge deal for these comics. Next. <laughs> Next. I, had to, I was like sitting there holding my suit, waiting on the guy before me show to get out of the dressing room. There's two comics per show, two dressing rooms. I'm just holding a, it's not a suit, it's just a jacket. Is it the same crowd? The same crowd sees two uh, shows? Same, so two, each crowd will see two comedians, and then they do two shows a night. So two comedians, and they pull a crowd out, new crowd in, two comedians. And you get a one and done shot here, you don't need a couple yeah, yeah. chances? Yeah, I kind of like that. I'm a, yeah. and, uh, I like the one and done, and then boom, get it out. They, they edit it, though, that's the only thing. And you don't get the chance. Yeah, to yeah. with an hour you're in the editing process. With the half hours, they do everything. Well, uh, it's good to see you, man. We got who's coming up next? Sandra Bernhardt. Sandra Bernhardt oh. is going to be here. She's like one of my favorite people in the world. But Tommy John again, you slayed me today, and you came in under weird circumstances, as you can see. Uh, the whole staff is weirded out today because we had to move over. To I, nice yeah. Uh, Fez was going to tell a funny story about how the guys didn't get him for take care of him on lunch. But I guess we can do that on Monday because I don't want to bring Sandra into this either. You know? She's I understand. Person. I'm still pissed. Uh, but go ahead. And, I know. It would have been great on the air today. Uh, go ahead and do the uh, the plug one more time for... Tommy. Tommy is at Gotham Comedy Club tonight in New York City, tonight and tomorrow. That's June 7th, tomorrow at 8 p.m., both shows, Friday and Saturday. For tickets and information, go to the GothamComedyClub.com. Make sure you're watching a week from tonight, Friday the 13th, at 12 a.m. midnight for Tommy's Comedy Central half-hour special. And June 17th on iTunes, it's Tommy's new album, Stand Up Comedy 3 from Tommy Jonigan. Stand Up Comedy Three, stand up comedy. Three, it's the third in a trilogy yeah. that he's worked out, dude. It was so great. Thanks seeing so you. much for having me. I know you're back in the city. Yeah, I may be back next month. That would be great if you could stop. Always, by again. anytime you'll have me. Uh, we'd have you all the time. Hope you're back in your old studio. Get it, some pizzas. It really would be great, and I'll see you next time coming through, buddy. Coming up next, uh, Sandra Bernhard. Sandra Bernhard is going to be here. And remember, first uh, responders, your chance to win. At B.C. Goldthwaite. At B.C. Goldthwaite for Bobcat Goldthwaite's World's Greatest Dad signed DVD. Perfect in time for Father's Day. Just he did what was great on the show. And just give him a, you know, can't wait to see the movie or, hey, how are you? Whatever you like to do. And I will make sure we announce that prize. But coming up next, Sandra Bernhardt. It's the Ron Fez Show. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Serious XM. Comedy hits. Channel 99. Sandra Bernhardt back in studio with us. And again, looking like a million bucks. Oh, God, thank you. I damn. I mean, I'm, I'm just like... Totally like rock and scale. roll. I'm rock and roll. That's what you I'm are. I'm giving you KPFK, um, the the fabulous uh, Los Angeles station. Did you know about KPFK? Tell, tell us all about it. Well, it's just you know, it's 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 just like one of those public radio stations, but it's not. It's it's like 
you know, the funkiest of the funky. It's been right. around LA since the fifties out in this little studio out in the valley. And they're like, you know, they're like total anarchists. I just love them out there. Well, remember that's what rock and roll stations used to be like when I was growing up. If yeah. there was a rock and roll radio station, you're like, I want to be there and then fight the rest of the world. Yeah. And then at a certain point we became, I want to go there and sell Pepsi to young people. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like uh, at some point rock and roll got very, very corporate. Yeah. Quick. But not at your shows. No. Not at your shows. No, not at my shows. What are you singing now as part of your show? Well, I either open with uh, Stony End or um, If I Could Read Your Mind, If You Could Read My Mind, yeah. the Gordon Lightfoot song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I either um, I do some of my own material, some, yeah. some of my original songs. Um, sometimes I do Eris too, the, uh, the, the great, um, yeah. classic, uh, Eurovision winner from 1973. That's just a little taste of some of the things yeah. I'm doing. I mix it up. But you do, you, you, you still do that kind of, uh, a cabaret thing that is not part of this generation. You tell stories. That's right. You do jokes. Yeah. And then into a song. That's right. That breaks our hearts and then you're back to breaking our balls and it's exactly. amazing. Exactly. It's an amazing show. Perfect. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use, that description on my bio yeah yeah because it's right on that's that's all i've ever wanted to do i just wanted to see it show up in the bio and i'm like okay i'm done now all right you know we need to like pull that out can somebody write that out for me yeah can can you do that chris instead of you know by the way i i'm i got anarchy all around me my young people my young people are ready to to throw down on the one percent at all time and I, I love it. And I always have to say to them, oh, it's coming, but stay low, okay? Yeah. Stay under the radar. Yeah. Don't <laughs> let them see you. You know, no. we travel by night. Yeah. You know, we're changing passports all the time. I love it. But the day will come that you, uh, I'll free you and you can go into the sun. Oh, um, inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> From your mouth to God's ears. But, you know... It's tough for them because they. Here's how the everything has worked out in this country now. All these young kids come out of college, so in debt, yeah. right? More in debt than I was at forty. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they just feel like I need to. I need to pay this off. I need to pay this off. Yeah. So they can, they get get you by the balls and they yeah. pull you into the corporate you know, structure. And then you're stuck. Yeah, and life I, goes by very quickly, you know. I mean, I mean, you're paying off bills, and then you have a family, and, you, and then you're paying off their bills. Right. Before you know it, you're just a, you know another cog in the wheel. Yeah, a nation of drones. That's yeah. That's what we're trying to line up for everybody. Yeah. Little consuming drones. Yes. That hope once a year I can go to some beach somewhere and feel like a person. Exactly. You know, I remember when I was there. I just I never thought career. I never thought for a second. Oh, where who, am I going to be someday? Who did? I mean, people. Well, people all through my career have asked me, "What is? Your, do you have like a five-year plan?" I said, "No. What do no. I look like? You know, like a like an army, you know, ready to like you know strike on the beachhead? No, I don't fucking have a five-year plan. I take it one day at a time. If somebody calls me and there's a good offer, I'll take the offer. Yeah. And in between, you know, I make ends meet, you know, in a pretty decent way. 
I don't want to be tied down. I don't, and I don't want to be stuck doing the same thing day in day. Whether it's a, you know, a TV series I don't really love, or it's a play that's a fucking bore. I mean, of course, great things come along. I've done, right. I've done great things. I'll do, I'll do more great things. But, you know, I like my time to like roam the streets and do my thing. And you know, I, I'm, I'm lucky because I, I have that freedom to do it. Yeah. Because I've set my life up that way. And I've always said I live below my means, not right. above my means. When you try to impress people, you try, you're in this business. You try to buy expensive cars and, you know, clothes and, and homes. Before you know it, you're bankrupt. Right. Then you do have to end up doing things you don't want to do. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I think the impressive way, you know, if people want to be impressive, they should be free. That's the real That's thing. Absolutely. You know? Hands down. Uh, uh, Patty Smith came in here one day and was really talking more about her photography than her music. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. real artists are tend to be interested in a lot of things. Absolutely. You know, for and, sure. And certainly not the charts or what, you know how their movie opened or whatever. I mean, listen, if that's where your head is at, you're mm. never going to be satisfied. But you were probably not one of those kind of people anyway. If you're, if you're a creative person, you wouldn't be in that position. Right. You know? And sometimes fluky things happen, and, you know, you're just a creative person. And you, Well, they used to happen a lot more often. I mean, back in the 70s and the 80s, you know, great singers, you know, became, you know, successful and made money. And I just, uh, my, my good friend Chrissy Hind was in town. Did she come up here at all? Did she was up here a couple of days ago. Yeah. And the fact that she's your good friend is, is amazing to me because the whole time I'm sitting here, I'm going, it's Chrissy Hine, it's Chrissy Hine. Chrissy so Hine is cool. freaking believable. And, yeah. you know, she um, she called me on Sunday and she goes, yeah, I'm doing this little showcase out at um, Rough Trade in Brooklyn. Yeah. So it was like a last minute thing. We jumped in a taxi, drove out to, just made it. And I just stood off stage and behind stage and watched her performance. She has a great new album out. It's fantastic. It's just, I mean, and I know she's been working on it for a long time and she's going back and forth to Sweden where she recorded it. And it's just like Chrissy's just fucking, you know, she epitomizes realness and coolness, you know, yeah. and I just to, that she's my friend is like one of the greatest compliments in it, the world. It's stunning to me because I felt like when I just had her on the show and it was just a couple of days ago, I'm like. That's one for the ages. You're she just is. to be sitting there. But doesn't she look like she, she did in 1978? She looks amazing. Cause That's she hasn't, crazy. Because she hasn't done anything to herself. She's just like, she's like into yoga. She's into her spiritual thing, but she does it all under the radar. Uh-huh. You don't know about it. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't. And the only thing she might talk about is her vegetarianism and, yeah. and you know, animal rights and stuff. But you, know, you can't fault her for that. And she likes the animals. She likes the animals. She doesn't want to eat them. No. I wish I could not eat them. Right. Because, I mean, I, I have tried it. Yeah. But I have to say, I like to eat meat. Yeah, they're so, it's so delicious. That's what the thing that they can't... <laughs> I mean, if they could maybe shoot them up with something at a young age so they taste awful, yeah. it would be easier not to do this. And the more natural they are, the better they taste. Oh, God. Just let them run free for a while and I then know. put them on the plate. Mm, but it is horrible. But, uh, but yeah, that, there's a true artist, Chris. True artist. A true, yeah. true artist. But, you know, that, but my, my point was... Back in the day, the Pretenders made a lot of money. They had great songs right. and they had hit albums, but they didn't have to compromise anything to do that. You know, yeah. they just did what they did, like all great singer songwriter bands back in the day. You know, it wasn't like they were second guessing whether you know whether the industry or the public was going to like it. Mm-hmm. They did what was natural and what you know the impulse and the emotion, and that's what people bought into. 
Damn, that first album of theirs. I put it as one of the great opening albums of all time. Yeah. Fabulous. And, you know, The Doors had a great opening album. You know, it's really always interesting because it takes a lot of bands a few years to get that yeah. sound. Though. But then, you know, you go back and look at it and go, wait, how old were they? 25 or something? You yeah. Know? They weren't 16. Yeah. And bam, just coming out, just unbelievable. So you that's know, cool. People came from places back then, you know right. what I mean? She came from Akron, Ohio. You know, it was an industrial town. She's, yeah. You know, she she left, she rebelled, she moved to England. She she had, you know, she had her path she was on. She wanted to, like, you know, find, you know, a different, you know, way of, of, of looking at life than, right. than her family. And she found it and she tapped into that but she tapped into where she was from and now people are like all the successful people seem like they're from you know hollywood or they're from new york they're, they're from fr disney yeah or That's they're from disney they're raised you find out like oh here's ryan Gosling when he was eight and here's justin bieber when he was four and you're like have you guys always just been yeah. doing this thing well that's the thing that's why they have nothing to talk about yeah they're like like veal in cages you know what i mean <laughs> they're like they've been, they've never seen the sun it's true. and they're fed milk and then like <laughs> occasionally they, they wander out and they don't know where they are well look i i think that's a real reason why we don't seem to have novels that people talk about mm -hmm. anymore mm -hmm. because people don't get that opportunity to go out and kind of fuck up for 10 15 yeah, years go, go, go on the road right i mean because you can't go on the road anymore you can't hitchhike across the country you can't have that experience because it's not safe and there's nowhere to there's nowhere to stay you can't afford to even stay at a you know right. a motel 6 right i know imagine if Kerouac was like oh and then we stayed at the hamptons yeah and we <laughs> Yeah, you know, it wouldn't happen that no, way. No, there's no, there's all those little motels and those little back roads and yeah. byways, and, and everything looks the same yeah. as the town. I mean, I, it amazes me because when I'm on the road and we're driving at night home from a gig or on the West Coast, driving back into LA, I'll go, "Where the fuck am I?" Right. I mean, you literally from you know the deep south up to the Midwest. Out west, yeah. up to the northwest, it's everything looks the same. Yeah. It's, particularly it's, outside of Atlanta, looks like outside of St. Louis. Yes, outside, it's yes. all the same. Exactly. And now, you know it's even happening through Europe. And oh, and, I know. know. That's when you really get scared. You know, when you're in Europe and you say shit. <laughs> the only time you know you're, you're not is when you're on the other side of the road in England. But you know, <laughs> yeah, right. And then you just think, oh god, am I am I just so fucked up? I just got on the wrong side of the road. What the hell is going on here? I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Uh, you're going to be uh, performing at the John Drew Theater in East Hampton uh, Friday, June 20th, and then some more gigs lined up too, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, it's Guildhall, East Hampton. Yeah. Uh, and then the Howard Theater in Washington, D.C. Yep, July 12th, cool. and the Suffolk Theater, July 18th in Riverhead, Long Island. So those are just some of the gigs coming up this summer, the, the, the New York area gigs. And it's you, your band. My band, yes. The, the flawless Zircons. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows what the fuck a Zircon <laughs> is. So I, don't, I just figure if you don't know, you go, to the, go to the Google and you'll figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. Um, but do you, you improvise all through that, right? Oh, it's yeah. Just... I mean, some nights I get up there and if the crowd's with me and the spirit moves me. Yeah. I mean, the first 45 minutes can be completely off off the, the cuff. Yeah. 
you know, and then I might go back into some of the material. But if the crowd's not with me and the crowd is looking at me like I'm, you know, just landed from Mars, I'll just go into the show, which I know will work, you right. know. And I, and that's the great thing about having solid material that you work at and, and honing it and, you know, fine-tuning it. You know that no matter what the situation is, you can power through with your material. Do you have a little place that you work out at or do you just... Uh... No. I mean, I'll tell you, I really yeah. put my... my new shows together every year at Joe's Pub right. when I'm there during uh, between Christmas and New Year's because it's a New York audience that comes every year so they expect new material so it forces me to like sit down and, and write and then I try it out there and then the rest of the year I'm doing that material. I you, I heard you doing a little TV too with this '90s, uh, the last great decade. My intern Molly was just telling oh, me yes, about this. Oh yes, yes, that was that was an interview thing that I did. Now, uh, do you think that was the last great decade? Do you think? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how great it was to begin with. Right. I, I mean, I didn't name the damn show. I just, you know, um, but I'm doing, I mean, I'm doing some acting things too. I was on this uh, ABC Family show. I did four episodes. That's how I think of you. ABC yeah, that, Family. That's, that's how I talk. That's what, exactly what I say in my show. I say when you think of Sandra Bernhardt, you think ABC Family. Yeah, but actually, you know, they do some kind of interesting stuff on there. It's, I mean, it's geared towards kids, but. I was on the show called Switch to Birth, playing an art instructor. They wrote a good part for me, actually. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is this is a decent part. And um, I'm, I'm back um, getting ready to go out and pitch some original shows that I've been writing, co-writing with some people. That's what I want to say. That's what I want to say. I mean, I'm hoping that some, you know, that somebody bites on these things and it gets done because that would be really be cool. Well, we need you off network in some of these, you know. Yeah, no, no. Like, these are cable. These are yeah. cable directed shows, you know. Now it could end up anything from Showtime, HBO to Netflix or, you know, there's right. so many different outlets now. So I want to see you do something it. incredibly sexy. I, that's crazy what I, sexy. That's what I need to be doing. I mean, yeah. they, they, they send me these roles of like, you know, these embittered like waitresses and shit. I'm like, <laughs> what are you guys? Are you fucking nuts? I mean, look at me. I look like a million bucks. I'm right. sexy. I mean, it's like, it's like Chrissy and me. It's like, we should do something together. Like I would love a road that movie, show. you know, or a yeah. road show where like, you know, we're fucking like, you know, we, we're terrorists or something. How, how did you and Chrissy first become friends? How long we ago? Became friends during the um, Lilith um, Fair tour. Oh yeah, and it's been we've been friends for fifteen years now. Wow. Yeah, we were on the, we were on the main stage together, and we'd start talking, you know, backstage and just laughing about shit. And then actually, I went once to um, Atlantic City, and she brought me on stage, and we sang that round: "Make new friends and keep the old. One is silver and the other gold." We did it as a round, yeah. and the audience just like stared at us, and we were just <laughs> laughing our asses off because it was so completely out there. And we've uh, we've done, we've had some good good times, some good fun. Well, she's such a uh, she's such a badass, but. And you're the same way. People have almost forgotten how to be cool. Like what cool really well, is. I mean, you know? listen, it's hard to be cool. You know, you got to sacrifice a lot now more than ever to, to have true coolness. Yeah. I, I don't even know if it's a commodity with most people. I don't know if they even consider it. I, I don't think know? they do. I think they're afraid. I think they're afraid that if, you know, they get too real or too deep down into their emotions that, you know, nobody will nobody will want them. Uh, Sandra Bernhard, the one and only, sitting in with us today. Uh, she's got all kinds of gigs coming up. Guild in East Hampton, Howard Theater in Washington, D.C., Suffolk Theater in Riverhead, uh, New York and Long Island. And again, 
you know, it's one thing to go to a concert. It's one thing. To, but when you go see Sandra, it's a whole different it's an event. type, you know. It's a great night of total, you know, glamour and excitement and old school entertainment. That's an, what it is. It's an adult's night out. It is. is what it, it is. Yeah, thank you. I'm not gearing this towards the kids. That's not to say the kids aren't. There's a lot of smart kids who right. come to see it. But that's because they aspire right. to being grownups. This is like 1962 Vegas, you know. Thank you. When exactly. That was yes. You know. It's like Stiller and Mara. What a great opening for, for Diane Carroll. <laughs> and I saw that at the Sands. Is that right? When I was a kid. Yeah. That so was an amazing show. That I, first of all, I wouldn't even think of all together. But yeah, Diane Carroll used to just to me float above yeah. everything. Yeah, and it's still a mirror, which we've really gotten away from comedy teams. Oh, I know. But a good comedy team used to it's just slay nothing me. Nothing better. Yeah. Who was the? Um, there was two guys. One had curly hair, um, kind of short. Oh, Al, Alan, uh, Rossi and yeah, Alan? Ro- yes. Yeah. Alan, yeah, yeah. Alan, yeah, Rossi and Alan. He was like, the, the one guy was very suave looking. Right. And they bounced off of each other. It was fucking brilliant. Yeah, they tried to, it was like an update, I think, of the Martin and Lewis yes, thing for the yes, next generation. Exactly. But, you know, because um, a lot of people uh, talk about, I go, if you ever get a chance to watch any of the theater stuff that Martin and Lewis did. Yeah. Talk about anarchy. Yeah. They tore it down. Yeah. And then Dean Martin was like one of the greatest singers of all time. Oh, my time. God. Brilliant. Would, would chuck it out just to get a laugh. It was amazing. Brilliant. Well, you're keeping it alive. Thank God for that. Thank uh, you, darling. It's always great to see great you. Great to see you. Uh, here's the shows. Make sure you go out to this. It's uh, the Guild in East Hampton. That's Friday, June 20th. Howard Theater, great theater in Washington, D.C., July 12th. And then the Suffolk Theater in Riverhead, Long Island, Friday, July 18th. Yeah. I'll see you next time. Through. You know you okay, will. Bye-bye. I'll be back soon. You know what you've been doing? You've been listening to the Ron and Fez show. It's now over, but don't worry. You can listen again and again on Sirius XM On Demand. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand. Listen to Ron and Fez whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand.